0: It's the drunk Podcast with it's Jackson it's and it's Colton. It's
1: Sometimes are Are
2: we Jackson? Are we ready yet? <laughs> aye, aye, Jackson. <laughs> Why are we starting on Spongebob? Ah, uh, this is where you went. <laughs> it is where I went, um, which is a very Lovecraftian television
1: series. Very Lovecraftian. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> David Hasselhoff. Represents clearly is the That's analogy for Yog Sothoth. I I see him more <laughs>
2: as a near epithet no. actually. Yeah, but the faceless one. The faceless. <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Welcome back to the Odd Drunk Podcast. Obviously, Welcome. you know we're gonna be talking about SpongeBob lore and mythos. SpongeBob The, for the, the, the SpongeBob mythos. <laughs> 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 I did see a whole YouTube video that was comparing SpongeBob to like.
1: Explore. Yeah,
2: and then there was <laughs> another one that, that compared it to uh, the Teletubbies to Lovecraft, like gods, like great old. Oh, gods. I've seen that. Yeah, but <laughs> <Where> it's like. <laughs> That's actually from the Exploring series. Yeah, and
1: I listened to. Uh, there was a whole like parody video making, making analogies between the Teletubbies and Cthulhu.
2: Yeah, so he has his podcast now, so I listen to stuff mostly now. Oh, nice! Um, I like
1: I like his videos. But his
2: first series was actually on the Cthulhu Mythos, which is what most people call it. Um, but yeah, let's...
1: I'm Jackson. I'm you're, Colton. You're Colton. And you're Colton, and I'm Jackson. Huh? And that's the theme of this video, is we're getting into madness. Yes. And the, the madness of H.P.
2: Lovecraft. And by the way, quick disclaimer, we are going to be... We're not glorifying the yeah, man. Yeah, so,
1: so yeah, let's start by saying. Himself. So, so H.P. Mm-hmm. Lovecraft had some pretty backwards ideas. That's just, that's putting it lightly yeah. on race and, he was, and things like that. He was very racist. He was very anti Semitic. And we have, there's writings that he wrote about this sort of thing. Um, so we're not glorifying the man himself. We are talking about his writings. We will talk about his life a little bit. But yeah,
2: we're gonna be focusing on his writings, yeah, not but, his ideas. But we
1: we believe it's 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 important to distinguish the man from his works. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Colton. You're welcome, Jackson. I just put I just turned his microphone. He,
2: on. Yeah, I just helped. He helps. Yes. Colton, he, he helps. helps. I do things. Sometimes. He does <laughs> things. Um. But no, what we're really going to get into, well, at least what I brought to the table is I'm going to be talking about the mythos itself and the lore and the different gods, species, all that fun stuff. All that fun stuff, yeah. But at least I'm, there's so many different deities, especially ever since um, other authors started getting into the mythos.
1: Yeah, so, so that's a whole thing with the, the Cthulhu mythos. It's not just what H.P. Lovecraft wrote. And a lot of it was actually the um, expanded stories that he didn't write were written in his lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: wouldn't be um, an episode of our podcast. Please. But yeah, so basically
1: uh, when, when he wrote Call of Cthulhu, um, some of his friends who were also writers, um, including the guy who created Conan the Barbarian, I think, um, uh, they read Call Cthulhu and they loved it and they had the idea of uh, writing their own stories in his uh, universe, in his world well I know one of his buddies was um,
2: August um, what's his name I can't remember his last name August Durrell, yeah. something like that, it's kind of ha- weird to pronounce just a lot like a lot of these <laughs> characters and gods we're going to be talking about really hard to pronounce so bear with me here um, but he he wanted to introduce a lot more lore and like build it into more of an epic thing than Lovecraft intended it to be
1: yeah um, cuz love lovecraft as as much as he was building a world it, i from doing i did some research on his biography and it never seemed like he had much of an intention of... Like building a universe. Building it. It was the people he knew that read his stories that he was friends with that wanted to do that. Another big one was Ambrose Bierce.
2: Yeah. He, um, he actually contributed a lot to the mythos itself, and he created one of the... If you're into the mythos, you know about this god, um, and I'll get into that. I want to save him for later. But he was not created by Lovecraft. He was mentioned by Lovecraft at a time before in one of his stories, but this author, um, Ambrose Bierce, he took that and made it into... He basically made it viable with an allure and everything. Um, I'm really excited to talk about these gods. Well, well, there's a few different names for them. So what i consider there's two main ones and then there's a third one that a lot of people don't like a lot of people don't consider canon even though canon isn't a thing it's not really a thing in the cthulhu mythos so you have (laughs) the outer gods yeah so the outer gods and i a lot of people still lump them in with the great old ones which we'll get to next but the outer gods, they basically exist on a different plane of existence outside our yeah, universe. Yeah, they're, they're
1: a lot more abstract. And they're the,
2: like, big cosmic powers. Yeah. Like, Cthulhu's a powerful great old one, but he doesn't operate on that cosmic scale. Yeah. He's still a physical being, and he can only be one place at a time. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, the... Well, I don't even know if I would call him an Outer God, because he's basically like the god, I guess you could say. Um, I Well, or do you think we should start with
1: Cthulhu? Well, yeah, so he's a good baseline, at least. Before we get really into the mythos and the, that deep stuff, let's talk about um, his stories. And what, what is the basis for these ideas of these,
2: well, great beings? Obviously, the most well-known story, and I don't think it's his best work or anything, and I don't think he even did. Um, um, no. The Call of
1: The Call of Cthulhu,
2: yeah. Um, that's definitely the most popular one.
1: It is a good story, but um, it's not
2: his best. No, it, but... It was the
1: beginning of his best, though.
2: It really started to kick off this whole like mythos and stuff. And obviously, it features Cthulhu. This is his first appearance, and throughout the story, he—you don't really encounter Cthulhu. No. He's described. You know, they most of the descriptions are from the statue, that the main character from discovers the statue, and, the, and so the, the whole story is
1: told from the perspective of this character. It's almost like a noir, like he's a detective, yeah. telling you about like with his notes about what he's encountered. Yeah, it's all like
2: letters and notes and yeah. dreams. Um, it's, I think, a big thing with a lot of his stories, and some of them go. You know, they don't do this, but um, it's more. It's all like in the mind. Yeah. It's thinking about it that drives you crazy. This is
1: really this this idea. It's the core theme, that is Lovecraftian horror, mm-hmm. because so I mean Lovecraft he. He started a whole genre of horror.
2: Oh, wait, wait, wait. I don't want to interrupt you, but we okay. need to talk about
1: what we're drinking. Genre of horror, genre of drinking beer, <laughs> drinking beer. tonight.
2: Yeah, we're not really drinking anything specific for this episode. I couldn't really find anything. They do have, like, Lovecraft beers. Like, I found a... One, I forgot what brewery it was, but it was a Cthulhu Blood Ale, they call oh, it. <laughs> and I really wanted to get it, but it would take forever to get here and stuff. But, um... What I'm drinking is Ska uh, Brewing's Oktoberfest, their seasonal beer, the German lager. It's
1: one of my favorite beers they make.
2: I love it. It is great. Um, smooth. It's just everything you'd want beer. It's a little malty.
1: It's just right. Yeah, we're, um, we're, we're both drinking very local beers. We are.
2: Um, but so Oktoberfest, so these these past couple episodes of the Lighthouse, and now we're talking about Lovecraft and the mythos and stuff. These are spooky episodes, and this is kind of a hint at what's going to come in October. Um, in October, and I like to call it our Spooktoberfest. Spooktoberfest. So for the whole month of October, <laughs> we're going to be talking about creepy, spooky, just scary things. Yes. That's going to be the whole spoopy month. Spooky things. Spooky.
1: Too spooky for me. Is that something people still say, spooky? That, that's is that like is that like a couple a few years ago.
2: That's a few years ago. I remember that being big in Damn. like twenty eight, seventeen or seven. something.
1: That's so twenty seventeen.
2: That's so twenty seventeen. Oh my god. Damn, Damn. spoopy.
1: I'm so out of touch with the kids. Now, if you're too. a
2: spoopy boy,
1: <laughs> spoopy boy, I am. I am. Is that is it, That's not what the kids down at the high school are saying anymore. <laughs> so I'm out of touch with today's youth. <laughs> so I'm I'm drinking uh, Well
2: today's you is all about TikTok. 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 Underage What? <laughs> well, I mean a lot of TikTok is underage girls de- dancing and revealing outfits. It's really weird. Well good and thing, I figure a lot of forty year old men are. I don't it.
1: good thing I don't have a TikTok account. TikTok is so toxic.
2: I mean I've heard people can actually help their platform by getting on
1: TikTok but I refuse. Yeah. I'm not going to go not that low. stoop to that level. <laughs> those lowling lowly things that are they're like if if in a Lovecraft story those would be the people that Oh, people th- on TikTok those, those would be the people that like went insane before the main character even showed up.
2: Well, the people you see on TikTok, they're like the deep ones. So they're these weird fish people that you want to stay away from. You want to stay away from them.
1: <laughs> they're just gonna no like what you like, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I'm drinking. I'm also drinking beer today. Yay. Um, yeah. Last week we we only had liquor. And yeah, we have some liquor tonight as well. Yeah, we're back to normal again. Yeah, I'm drinking also a local brewery. Um, but this one's it's not in Durango, it's in Mancos. Oh, Brewing. Mancos, Mexico. Mancos, okay. Mexico. <laughs> not Durango, Mexico. About <laughs> um, a half hour drive <laughs> Yeah. Um, Mancos Brewing, their Dizzy Blonde Pale Ale. I, I have
2: had that one it's at cool the actual brewery. brewery. Yeah. I've never bought it outside of there,
1: though. I wasn't planning on buying it, but I was at the liquor store on my lunch break. <laughs> Um, They had it. I just
2: couldn't resist. No, that's a pretty good one, honestly. Seriously. I recommend it. I recommend both of these. Yeah. Um, Also, I'm going back to my old
1: favorite plantation rum, the pineapple one again. Our obligatory Uh, shout-out to plantation rum. Every episode. Free shout-out. We love it. We We love love
2: plantation. It's good. Um, Someone... Someone messaged me, basically. Well, it was a comment on Facebook, but they said, you know, I don't have any plantation, but I think I have some cracking in the fridge to drink
1: with you guys.
2: <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought it. that was pretty good. Love, love it. If um, you
1: guys are at home listening to this, we encourage you to drink with us. Oh, drink with us so um, it
2: seems better? Yeah. You just have a fun time, yeah. right? Um,
1: oh, yeah. <laughs> but drink responsibly. Drink responsibly. Don't, if you're listening to this in your car, don't stop. Drink. Stop drinking. Okay, if you're listening to this in your car, stop. Stop.
2: Oh, well, if you're drinking. If you're listening in your car no, normally, no, also just stop <laughs> your
1: car. Stop your stop car. Your car pull, over, pull over. Get to the nearest ditch. Take cover. Take <laughs> cover. There's they're coming. They're coming. They're coming. They're to get coming. You. They're coming. The great old ones are coming to get you. And you're asleep. You'll never survive.
2: <laughs> uh, that was that was a good bit. Okay. <laughs> um so let's let's get into the meat of this topic. The meat of this topic, the meat of it. What is the meat of this topic? <laughs> well, I have my meat over here. Okay. You want to get started on the Cthulhu himself, the Cthulhu. So this is the most popular um most, creation of Lovecraft. Popular, (laughs) popular, (laughs) (laughs) words. They work sometimes. But so he is known as the great dreamer, the slumbering one. Um, And really, we say Cthulhu, but there's no true pronunciation. Yeah, they they Um, say in the story that there's a lot of
1: these words that they throw out, these names that we really can't pronounce in our
2: yeah, so but I'm going to keep saying Cthulhu. They're just that alien. I've heard that's some a, people
1: say Cthulhu. Yeah, there, that's um, a common thing in in Lovecraft is him writing about stuff and saying like we you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to imagine what this looks like or what it sounds like. And what's like. funny,
2: I have a lot of notes, but even with all these notes, you don't get too much specifics like cuz you're looking at this alien being that you just cannot describe but Cthulhu is the easiest to describe he is. and that's I think that it plays to his popularity. It plays into why he's uh, so popular why in he's, mainstream. The, he's the image of Lovecraft He's like the mascot for Lovecraft Yeah
1: because we actually can kind of draw a picture of him
2: Yeah and it's a pretty cool design so he's this big ginormous green guy with the head of an octopus and big like dragon or bat wings Yeah, and he's like kaiju size or bigger or bigger he's supposed to be really big Um, obviously his first appearance was in the Call of Cthulhu and um, if we want to get into some of his some of the details and lore of Cthulhu um, he was said to be born in a planet called Vorl in the
1: 23rd Nebula here's how Lovecraft describes Cthulhu yeah tell us the creature is described as, quote, a monster of vaguely anthropoid outline, but with an octopus-like head whose face was a mass of feelers, a scaly, rubbery-looking body, um, prodigious claws on hind and forelead feet. Oh, yeah, he's got big claws, big claws, And long, narrow wings behind.
2: Yeah, so that's the easiest great old... Yeah, he's a great old one, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically. And so he's from space. He's building this planet. world. Uh, his father is uh, Nug. Nug. That's his name. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to really be talking about him too much. He's not too significant. Um, no. But the grandfather is Yogg's top. Now that's a real big one. Yeah. In the mythos. Um, grandmother is Sh- Um, And his great-grandfather... And I love thinking of them as like grandparents. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really fun perspective. Like they're, they're all a, family. They're just a big family. Like his grandpa's is Eldritch being of made of eyes. <laughs> Those big. And big his great grandpa is Azathoth.
1: Azathoth. That's like one of the big ones.
2: That's the big one.
1: The big one.
2: Well, we'll get into him. Um, that's the
1: one that's like dreaming. We'll get
2: to that. I want to yeah. save that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> But, um... That's where it gets really trippy. So, at some point, Cthulhu eventually travels to Saturn, and he finds this race of aliens that basically become his minions. They're called the Star Spawn. Yeah. And they're shape-shifting aliens, and they often take the shape of Cthulhu. So, a lot of the Cthulhu sightings may just be a Star Spawn. Especially uh, if it's a lot smaller. Yeah. If it's vaguely, like, human size, that's a Star Spawn. Yeah. For sure. Um because he's, he's not much of a shapeshifter himself at all. He's pretty much that's what he is. He's the octopus head man. <laughs> um, so they eventually would land on Earth and build the city of uh, right. Early, a. Early, a. Early A. and um, in the
1: Pacific. Ooh, that's the that's the scariest ocean. It is because it's, yeah. <laughs> it's the uh-huh. biggest. Yeah, the biggest, the deepest. And at some
2: point he went to slumber. Yeah. And then also at some point a dis- something happened earlier and the city sunk along with Cthulhu himself. Yeah. And that's where he is resting in slumber and a lot of the cult the cult of Cthulhu is just waiting for the day that he awakens. Yeah, it
1: said that like when he awakens he'll destroy. And it's yeah, it's, it's not actually. gonna be nice. He's He's going to be pissed, I guess. He's going to be real grumpy. He's going to be real He's grumpy He's not had boy. his morning coffee. <laughs> and when Cthulhu doesn't have his morning coffee, he destroys but civilizations. Really, I have a
2: Cthulhu <laughs> beanie hat, like mask Man. Oh, I, mean, I should have brought yeah. it, but it's so freaking hot. But, you know $6 tees? Yeah. They had a shirt. It's like the Ghostbuster symbol. With Cthulhu instead Ooh, of the ghost. Maybe I'll we'll have to get that. And it's supposed to be coming in soon. I wanted it to come in today, but Ooh, it did I love, love 6 stars. It's teams. a really nice shirt. And then the other one I ordered because I had to was um, just only a flesh wound. It's got the Black oh, Knight. Yeah, I've seen that one. <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah. This one,
1: there's this one that I want to <laughs> get. It's a, it's, uh, it's got jewels from Pulp Fiction. And it says Tasty Burger.
2: Nice. That's good. <laughs> No, they have some good ones there. Six dollars, like yeah, that's where world. I got my
1: little Lebowski Urban Achiever shirt.
2: Um, but yeah, Cthulhu. I mean, obviously, like most of the great old ones and Outer Gods and all that, they will drive you mad. Yeah,
1: that's a big my viewing big, them big theme because it.
2: you can't comprehend it, and sometimes they have the ability to actually drive you mad.
1: The, there's it's but this it's, theme, big theme in uh, Lovecraftian um, lore and. The Cthulhu mythos madness. is madness, but not, not only madness, but um, irresistibility. Yeah. The, the, you can't help but be attracted to this and then you go mad. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Cthulhu obviously represents a fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm.
2: And I guess technically he's an immigrant.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> Love, Lovecraft was, you know, didn't like immigrants very much. Didn't you say he
2: actually had a phobia?
1: Yeah, I was reading. I was reading that it's it's thought he actually developed a phobia. Of yeah, um, he he was mad for himself, honestly. He had a, and that's why uh, his writings are so often He had like a, a, such a depressing, terrible life. Oh yeah, he
2: he died penniless.
1: He died like, penniless. He did not
2: become famous from this. And he well, the thing is, he died anything.
1: penniless, not because of like not because he never had the chance. Right to make something for himself but, yeah um, he died of cancer oh yeah um, and uh, he didn't know he had cancer because being HP Lovecraft he refused to see a doctor yeah he was weird um, and uh, yeah but he died penniless starving um, he was he had a very depressing life
2: yeah and I think that that definitely contributed to his writing um, yeah oh absolutely that's why they're so authentic. And with a different lens, they're just really great horror stories, cosmic horror. Yeah. Um, And that's what we're really here for. Um, But yeah, for me, how did you get introduced to H.P. Lovecraft? Because for the longest time, I've obviously probably seen stuff of his within pop culture or other movies or books.
1: I got introduced to H.P. Lovecraft through his his actual books. so like I had been a, I was aware of Lovecraft kind of. So what was the first story you read? First story I read was called Cthulhu. Same, yeah. Um, <laughs> I have the book right here. Um, yeah, you do. And I've had this book for years. Um, but yeah, it was one of those things where I. Uh,
2: you have like a bunch, like all of his tales right there. Yeah,
1: this is a great tales of H. P. Lovecraft. Great tales of horror. It's one of those ten dollar books you can get at Barnes and Noble, you know. There's um, Cthulhu.
2: There he is. See, he's the most recognizable one. That's yeah. why they put him in the front page.
1: Uh, Fall, River, Fall River Press. So, this is one of those like, uh, you know, just um, collection books. But
2: yeah, I've read Call of Cthulhu. Um, I've listened to the audiobook of Color Out of Space. And I've seen the new movie, with Nick Cage.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the Color Out of Space is probably my favorite. That's a good one. It's freaky. It's That's, messed I, up. I read it again the other night, um, it's really good.
2: Also, Dagon. That's another short story. I was I was about
1: to point out Dagon. So Dagon was his first fiction he ever wrote. Oh, was it? It was his first because he, I thought I heard he started that. doing writings, and so so his um his, the way he got into writing. So he was he was reading these pulp uh, magazines and these there was this romance writer I don't remember the guy's name um but Lovecraft hated him. Like hated his <laughs> writings, just thought he was talentless. So he started writing well, right he started writing letters to the publisher um, complaining about him and about how bad this guy was, but he because he's Lovecraft and he's weird, uh, he wrote it in verse. So he was writing so poems is about Dagon about this guy? No, it's not. Okay. So <laughs> That'd so, be pretty good. Yeah. So he was basically writing poems about how much this writer sucked, <laughs> sending it to the <laughs> publisher. And like the editor read some of these and, deci- and really liked them and decided to hire him. And that's how he got his start in writing. So he's
2: basically roasting this guy through literature.
1: Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and it was around this time as well that he started to make friends because throughout his whole childhood, he had no friends. There was even a point in his life where him and his mom Literally locked themselves away from society when he was growing up, Um, and his mom was also insane. Um, Yeah, he had a really rough upbringing. That's for sure. Um, But uh, it was so he had made some friends, and they uh, they convinced him to try his hand at writing fiction. And the first story he wrote was *Dagon*. Well, I love Dagon. Dagon's one of my favorites. It, actually. Um, it's it's really good.
2: And it's pretty easy to like imagine when you're reading it. It's only like a 20-minute read really if you're a good fast reader. A few, it's a short story, two pages long. Um and it from what I remember this guy discovers this tribe. Mm-hmm. And they worship Dagon. Yeah, basically. And Dagon eventually comes out at the end. Yeah. Or may or may not. It may just be a vision. That's it's that's a big thing in uh his also writings. I have a theory a about Dagon. They actually see this. We'll get to Dagon in depth later. Yeah. But there is a theory that Dagon is just another name for Kavulu. Oh really? And by the way, the way I just pronounce it, Kavulu. That's another way to pronounce it. Like guttural. Like
1: Um have you ever so you right? Know that's, that's also you pronounce it. it? That's probably how it's pronounced. Yeah, <laughs> an or, an or, may, or maybe because it's like Cthulhu's it underwater, it's all bubbly. <laughs> I don't
0: know. He,
1: I imagine he's like Davy Jones' grandpa or dad or something, by the way. Yeah, the the design maybe for Davy Jones <laughs> in Pirates of the Caribbean is clearly based off of Well, like he's got an octopus head. Yeah, octopus head. Um, but, yeah, I love Dagon.
2: And I like thinking of Dagon as his... That's its own thing, but I have heard a theory that it's Cthulhu.
1: That's interesting. Um, another another story um, that's really good. It's one of the it's a slightly longer one for Lovecraft. Um, the Dunwich Horror.
2: That's a decently long
1: one. Yeah. Um, another one
2: is um, I think the longest one is either at the Mountains of Madness, or um, Dreams of Unknown Kadath. Yeah. Those I'm are not, like his epics.
1: Uh, this book I'm basically. looking at right now, uh, Mountains of Madness, is just under 100 pages long. That's actually pretty long for which him. Which is though. pretty long cuz uh, he did it right like, Well, cuz uh, these these were all short stories. Yeah. A lot of these were published in uh, pulp magazines. Yeah. So they had to be short.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think that he worked better that way honestly.
1: Yeah. Um
2: Yeah. And I listen to like audiobooks and this stuff a lot. And I listen to you know like lore videos and stuff. And I just love anything that has love-crafting themes. Like, the last episode, we talked about The Lighthouse. That was a very love crafty yeah, and that movie. was the
1: inspiration for this episode, was we wanted to kind of expand on that. I yeah, guess, basically. Yeah. This book does not have um, unknown Kadath mm-hmm. in it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's a shame. Shame. You can find it online. It's
2: though. a shame. 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 Shame.
1: Shame. 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 <laughs> We were almost getting to the rhythm there, like we, started, <laughs> like we were about to start singing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and that's never gonna stop people. Never. The, uh-huh. s- the singing. The shame. the shame. The shame. The shame. 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 Shame.
1: Shame. Shame. shame, 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 shame.
2: shame <laughs> <laughs> I forgot which one we introduced that in. Whatever. I don't. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so the next one I want to get to is the big one. He's not mentioned. He's barely mentioned in any of his stories. But lore-wise, mythos-wise, this is the big one, yeah. okay? But he – the reason he's not mentioned is because he's the dreaming god, oh. also known as the blind idiot god. Yeah. He isn't a great old one. I don't even really consider him an outer god, if you would ask me, because he's, well, kind, of, he's kind of above that. He's, like, everything. We're going to get to it. So technically, he's the great-grandfather of Cthulhu. So yeah, <laughs> we talked about that earlier. he's also known as the Nuclear Chaos. Um, so he's said to be located at the center of the universe or of yeah. all existence. There's other I've heard, I've seen other things that say he could be at the center of, of the Earth. Yeah. But I like to think he's the center of the universe. Um, Makes a little more sense. He's shapeless, chaotic mass. He's basically just like a bunch of a bulbous mass of like flesh and eyes and t- t- just all kinds of stuff. He, he He's pretty hard to describe and I think that suits yeah. him. It suits him. It um, suits him. It suits so him well. And also so there's these servitors of the great old ones that are constantly playing the demonic flutes and maddening drums around him to keep him at bay. Yeah. Because if he awakes, well, one of the theories, well, he is most likely responsible for the creation of the entire universe and everything in it. Yeah. Because one of the theories is he is dreaming. Okay, he's constantly dreaming, and we all, everything from bacteria to president. Is just his dream. Yeah. Even other great old ones are in his dream.
1: And potentially. And it's when he dreams something, it becomes real. Until until he wakes. He wakes uh, up. And then. The and dream it's ends. not
2: if he wakes up. It's just when he wakes up.
1: And then the dream ends.
2: And then the universe ends. And we then, end. And then
1: if he ever goes back to sleep, it's a different universe. And
2: yeah, and yeah. maybe we're in, in that one. Who knows? Maybe we could be in a different. Sleep he's in. Yeah. Either way, it's a really crazy thing about and I think it's <laughs> it's one of the best like baselines for cosmic war. Because he's this entity, this being, that he's called the blind idiot god. He has no intentions, evil intentions, good, whatever. He doesn't know that. Yeah. He is simply this being of such great power that his dreams create existence itself yeah <laughs> yeah um, I, I think that's super terrifying oh yeah because there's really if <laughs> there's nothing to disprove that or prove that <laughs> really I mean and that's what's great about it like once he wakes up we're gone just out of nowhere we don't even realize it because we're not
1: real we're just his dream We'll just we would we'll just disappear this and podcast and we wouldn't even know it
2: He's dreaming about this
1: podcast right now. Which, what a, what thank a, you.
2: Thank you for dreaming what that. What a fucking nerd. Yeah, what a for nerd. For dreaming about podcasts.
1: God. <laughs> or any
2: podcast in general. Uh,
1: I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I I dream about snap judgment sometimes.
2: Sometimes Joe Rogan is in my closet. Joe Rogan. <laughs> oh, Joe Rogan. Have you seen that video? It's a little side tangent here, but it's Joe Rogan meets Ro Jogan. <laughs> no. This guy edited a bunch of interviews of Joe Rogan, and he has him interviewing himself.
1: Oh, that's really good. It's amazing. Did you did you see that recent? And DMT
2: is obviously mentioned. Of course. Marijuana, chimpanzees. Did you all that fun did stuff? Did you see
1: that video? that came out like today or, or recently, um, of uh, Donald Trump, and he's being interviewed by this reporter, and it's just like. It's like you could you could confuse it for like an episode of The Office on how stupid Donald Trump is. Okay. Um, we're, we're making a stance here. But uh, <laughs> someone took it and edited it and made it so it's just – instead of the, – they replaced the interview with footage of Trump from the same interview. So it's just Trump arguing with himself. Yes, please.
2: You want some rum? Yes, please. Oh. It's rum time. If you're drinking with us, have yep,
1: some. yep. Yep. Ready. Run time. Right, hold on, hold on. Before, for for the people at home, um, we have to. Uh, what are you doing? What?
2: Colton's doing something, guys. I have no idea. It's off screen. Off, oh, off, I mean, <laughs> off screen. Off, you know, out of the view of my eyes. Okay. <laughs> all right, all
1: right. Here we are. Get your get your drinks. Oh, away. that was a nice little. Get your drinks at home ready. Should doing? pale death, with tremble dread, make the ocean caves our bed? <laughs> God, who hears the sturges roll, deign to save our supping soul. Aye. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that back. Is that just Aye. gonna be a thing now? Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. Or you just that had that at the ready? So. That was delicious rum.
2: I feel like you just had that pulled up.
1: No, I had to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's
2: a callback to our last episode, which, yeah, we mentioned this is... It's not a part two, but it's expanding on that Lovecraft stuff. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, Azathoth, that's terrifying to think about. I don't think he's... He's not the coolest
1: one, in my opinion. But he's, the, I think, one of the most terrifying.
2: And, like, abstract. Yeah, abstract.
1: You just can't <laughs> comprehend that. And, and that's, that's a theme in... And that's why even the, like... Different
2: writers and stuff that took over, after, well, even while L- L- Lovecraft was alive, but after he died and he just kept the mythos going, Azathoth is only mentioned in like whispers. Yeah. Like he doesn't have a cult. He he, have because he shouldn't. Because no one should know about him. Yeah. The only things that should know about him is
1: maybe like great old ones themselves, but yeah. even then, like, maybe not. Yeah. Yaksatoth would know. Yeah. Some of them would know but like people probably wouldn't know.
2: Speaking of Yagzaov, that's our next one Ooh. So he's what's considered an outer god. Yeah. and I guess you could lump Asopov in there, but I think he's above that. yeah like he's said. kind of
1: above everything. So else. he's
2: no- known as the lurker of the threshold, the gate and the key, the opener of the way. and he is basically this primordial god of knowledge okay he knows all and sees all absolutely. Which means past, present, and future. Everything. That's ever happened, will happen, hasn't happened, won't happen. Yeah.
1: Everything. And
2: to simply look at him, your mind is melted. You're gone. You're a vegetable just by looking at him, unless you're like a wizard. That's a common theme in some of (laughs)
1: Lovecraft stories is people people taking one look at one of these beings and (laughs) And then going immediately insane. And he's not
2: like as involved as some of the other ones we're going to get to with humanity, but he definitely plays a part.
1: Yeah. So are you, um, but, but you're saying that Yogg's knows about this podcast. Yeah. And knows what we're going to do for he our next knows, episode.
2: He knows all the episodes that
1: will ever happen. Will never, ha- will ever
2: happen. Are never happen. Or never happen. He'll <laughs> know all the possible episodes. He knows all our statistics too, which I try to keep secret. So that's yeah. really scary. <laughs> um, so he I think he first appeared in the Dunwich Horror and then he would be in Beyond the Gates of the Silver Key I think he's also in the Mountains of Madness I think
1: he's mentioned I think he's mentioned but he's not actually a lot of it.
2: these guys are the great old ones the Outer Gods are mentioned
1: yeah he's mentioned in the Mountain of Madness. Mountains of Madness and you know um,
2: Lovecraft he, himself I, yeah. I don't have the direct quote but I know he said that um, if they're a mytho, mythos built around all this that he would actually like to consider it Yog Sothothery. Yeah. That that's Yogg- he to have it based Yogg-Sitaf-
1: Yogg-Sitaf is probably the most important when it comes to how often it's mentioned. Well, and even in other, um, the other mediums. Yeah. But let's
2: let's get to him or it, whatever, real quick. It's technically his a guy, I guess. Whatever doesn't matter <laughs> because it is a mass of eyes, tendrils, and glowing orbs. Yeah. It's just a mass. It's
1: easier to describe him as a top, but it's still pretty hard to imagine what that would look like. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> the, the closest thing I can describe. imagine is like the flying spaghetti monster.
2: Basically, that probably is Yogg's Yeah, That's like a vision of him. You, have you seen the flying spaghetti monster? It's terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying. Um, so he can <laughs> take <laughs> other forms. I mean, he can take vaguely we, human... We have, a, we have a
1: strict spaghetti policy here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I yeah, love with that. The, with this flying spaghetti So can I that.
2: bring it in my Ziploc bag? Yeah. <laughs> like, on-the-go snack spaghetti?
1: On the <laughs> <laughs> oh, ooh, imagine,
2: imagine this is a product idea. Okay, product idea. Gogurt. <laughs> but spaghetti. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so it's like a stick of spaghetti? Is it?
1: Okay, it's the sauce and the noodles already mixed for you yes
2: or do you have to is it a separate
1: packet no it's all mixed together it's like just like you open it up and just like a (laughs) gogur you just is there a meatball one um yeah i would assume so but the meatball one would probably be packaged slightly differently because it'd be harder to the meatball would
2: have to be separate of course yeah (laughs) the meatball
1: would be separate of course it would be like an add-on you could buy (laughs) DLC. A DLC. <laughs> <laughs> Downloadable content.
2: Um, <laughs> well, because eventually in the future everything's going to be, you download it. Yeah, uh, download a you meatball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, he, yeah, we talked about he knows all and see all. He's not evil. He's not no. seen as evil. Most of these aren't particularly evil.
1: Yeah, actually, most of. There is one we're going to get to, which is... But it's actually, it's actually interesting because most of the great old ones and the outer ones... Uh, not the great old ones, the outer ones because there's a difference.
2: Yeah, um, well, some people
1: Most of the, the difference. Most of the outer gods are not inherently evil. They just cause madness. They just are. Like they, but they, they just they're, exist. And their but, existence. But like humans who interact with them but or, then again, or learn about them often go mad. Yakzatov does
2: have a personality of sorts. Yeah. Well, because in the Dunwich Horror, mm-hmm. Yakzatov
1: impregnates this woman.
2: Yeah. This guy, I, I forgot exactly why or how it happened,
1: but um, well, it's Im- it's implied. So it's a, in Dunwich Horror. There's this guy, and he's, you know, disgusting. And yeah. his mother was like albino, also kind of gr- gross, and it's and he never knew his dad, and it's implied that and Yaxxatot and and her. Impregnated her, yeah.
2: And the Dunwich Horror itself is the other child. Yeah. <laughs> um. So in Bloodborne, yes, Bloodborne, yes. this game, <laughs> I love it by the way. It is one of the best Lovecraftian like games out there. Oh, yeah. Right? Absolutely. So I argue that yogg is basically in this game. Yeah. And because they refer to the great old one, the moon presence. Mm. Um, and what they do, they try to expand their mind. And what happens, they obviously go mad, and they turn into beasts and stuff. Yeah. But you have this sect of scholars in the game, Bloodborne, that are trying to explain. And there's this one guy that actually tries to turn himself into a great old one. Yeah. And he becomes Rom the Vacuous Spider. That's his name. And he's oh. a pretty tough boss, though. Actually, I think I remember so you fighting him. Yeah. Watched, watching you fighting him. Yeah. <laughs> he's not too bad, but <laughs> he's like a failed experiment. But at the end of the game, you, if you do the right things, you can actually become a great old one. You actually have to fight Moon Presence. Ooh. But that whole game is about like trying to ascend yourself. Like everyone in it is trying to ascend themselves so to godhood.
1: It, so you're saying and if I challenge Yogsadoth to a duel, <laughs> I could become Well you would have to
2: in the game you die and then you become a little <laughs> squid baby and then eventually yeah you'll be a great old one.
1: Yeah. But you're not a human anymore. Okay. But worth it. Right. Worth-, <laughs> if it's worth it. I don't think I would win that though. <laughs> But especially um, with the being able to see all possible futures, he would be able to see what. Because future. in the
2: game, you collect Madman's knowledge. It's all about knowledge and how it drives yeah. you insane. And you even encounter this other thing. This I forget what they call it. I think it's the. You end up going into this dream world, very yeah. Lovecraftian. Um, you encou- I forget what it's called. Like, it's on the tip of my tongue, but it's this mass. It's the brain
1: with a bunch of eyes.
2: Oh. And it very much reminds me of how Yog satoth
1: is described. Like the flying A mass monster. of eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and tentacles. There's, um, um... Oh, it's like the idea of knowledge and madness. Like, so, I uh, remember uh, we played the Call of Cthulhu tabletop RPG. Love it. With Gibson. got play that again. Oh, that would be great, yeah. They, they have a rule book. Oh, I shot. didn't.
2: I didn't um, do any a bunch of research on this guy, but I, I think he's a great old one. Yeah. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's like a little below that. But the slug, um,
1: Yugif. Oh. Is it Yugif? Something like that. Yeah. He has the spikes on his back, and he um, yeah. he like mind controls people. That was the one that when we were playing that that Gibson brought in, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the one he brought in. Yeah. So our our dungeon our, ma- first, our like dungeon people. master. Gibson so um but yeah in, in that game there's this idea that um you have a your character will slowly gain insanity um points I guess and you gain insanity every time you interact with one of these creatures or or something related to it or every time you learn about one of these creatures so I remember when we were playing I had my character found a book that was like had some information about this creature, and it made my character more insane than all the yeah. other characters because I—that was the trade-off for the knowledge. Well, mm-hmm. when, we were, when we were
2: talking about the lighthouse, how, what we theorized at the end, he saw all knowledge, and it drove him yeah. mad. Yeah, in the light, yeah. Um, which obviously is a very cosmic horror, Lovecraftian thing. That knowing too much is just just can't comprehend. Well, it's, it's, it, it's this. It's
1: this. And I- it goes back to, I mean, mythology. Well, so it's this idea that, like, if we if you know everything, you realize how insignificant you are, and something someone like a human cannot comprehend all knowledge. Well, and could not deal with all knowledge, and that's that's a big theme in Lovecraft is the idea that um, we are so insignificant care- compared to all these things. Is that one of his forms or something? What?
2: That's not him. Gloon. It's this guy. Yeah, Gloon, the corruptor of flesh, master of temple, is described as a slug-like abomination. Oh. Huh. Um. He lives in that lake. Um. Yeah. No, it's Galaki. Galaki, that's the one. Yeah. I guess there's another slug one. <laughs>
1: Maybe I don't. I don't know. There's Glocky. He's. Oh yeah.
2: We might have to post that.
1: But, yeah, (laughs) so it's this this idea that –
2: He has a great great old one, by the way. And he dwells in a lake in the Severn Valley in England. In England. And that's where our campaign was. Oh, right. Yeah. And we found all the people, the metal spikes in them. And his metal spikes, like, put this fluid into you that basically makes you a servant at Glocky. Oh. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, he's a a pretty fun one. He's not, like, a major one, but – yeah. Pretty cool. It is pretty it's weird. Yeah. One I of hate one slugs. Of those, one of By the way, I hate slugs.
1: Slugs are weird. They're weird, gross. Yeah. They are really weird. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, there's this theme, this theme of um, not only madness, but the idea that we are so insignificant compared to these horrors.
2: Well, yeah, and, and I, you know, know,
1: we've talked about it a little bit.
2: I already know that, like, the universe is infinite and that we're like nothing. Yeah. But. To see all knowledge, that's impossible to comprehend.
1: Yeah, you you can't comprehend that. It's just it's madness. And for someone as insignificant as a human, if you were to know see all knowledge, it would just it would make you realize exactly how insignificant you are. Exactly. And it would just drive you insane. Well,
2: it's like with most of these great old ones, they're not evil, but if we perceive anything they do as evil, well, think about it. Do you think you're evil when you wash your hands of bacteria? Or when you stomp on the ant anthill? No.
1: No. Although maybe next time I'm washing my hands, I'll be like, ah. ah <laughs> <laughs> well, to the bacteria, we
2: are great old ones. That's the great part. Yeah. <laughs> but to them, we're just bacteria. Except for this next one I want to get to. Um,
0: okay. This is my favorite one. Hold
2: on, hold on. Nice. Mm. This is my favorite one. Pretty much, by far. Okay. And not many people have heard about him. Um, Lay it on me. Nier
1: Lepotet. Okay, I've
2: heard of it. So he first appeared in a short story that Lovecraft wrote. Night, It came out in 1920, I think.
1: And, so um, very early.
2: Very early. Yeah. It was based on a nightmare that he had when he was a child. And oh. near, in, in his nightmare, he saw this like, weird-looking, scary-looking pharaoh. And one un- so Neolipotet, he is known as the crawling chaos, the god of a thousand forms, the faceless god, and the black pharaoh. Oh. Um, so he's a shape-shifting old one. Actually, he's an outer god. Sorry, he's an outer god. So he's up there. He is directly the son of Ooh. Um, and he's the one that definitely interacts with humanity the most. He yeah. appears in the most stories by Lovecraft. Um, he's even in other author stories, like he's in Stephen King's *The Stand*.
1: He, and Stephen uh, King is probably, very influenced by Lovecraft. It's probably obviously. probably one of his biggest influences. Like
2: *Take It* for instance, this yeah. cosmic horror. *It* or
1: *or, or The Shining*. A which, lot of his stuff, which I is mean, all about madness. Well, and then you,
2: getting back to *It*, he's this weird entity from outer space that can shape yeah. shift and uh, makes you go crazy yeah, Stephen King
1: probably probably the, the two biggest but um the two most notable well, hold on so probably the two most notable pop culture like modern um, things influenced by lovecraft would be Stephen King and Batman Batman you say Batman How is that Arkham Asylum Arkham, yes. Is directly yeah. taken from H.P. Lovecraft. That is from H.P. Lovecraft. you know, all of Batman's villains are mad. That is true. In the most, like, literal, literal like, they've, they've snapped. They've snapped. And, and in some messed.
2: depictions, Batman is mad himself. Yeah. Not all the time, but in a lot of depictions.
1: So, so you know, ba- Batman less in the cosmic horror sense, but in the sense of the madness, ma- madness and... Um, and horror in that set. The, yeah. The, that, you know, Batman is very influenced by H.P. Lovecraft.
2: Um, so, Nier Lepitep actually appears in the Stan and the Dark Tower series. In the dark? Oh, yeah. Really. The character he is, because he can shapeshift, is Randall Flagg. And he's, he's the one that's, like, behind the scenes throughout the whole series. Oh. Pulling the strings.
1: He's the villain throughout the whole series.
2: He's the villain, but he's the untouchable villain. Yeah. Because. So near Lepitep, he often appears as a pharaoh, um, but he can basically turn into any human, indistinguishable. Um, Damn. His true form.
1: So you, you could be, yeah. Fuck.
2: Oh, you're screwed, buddy. No. <laughs> 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 um, so Lovecraft, he yeah, he first he dreamed of near Lepitep. When he was a child and turned to a short story, same name. Um, and in his dream he was this Egyptian pharaoh, and he would wander the world with his great magic artifacts, and he would spread his madness through that. Oh. Some people even think that Lovecraft based him off of Nikola Tesla. Really? Yes. Cause I guess he thought he was just crazy, you know. And he Nikola was. Tesla. But he was also a genius. Oh, he was genius, and maybe Nero Abed was Nikola Tesla, at least in this mythos, um, because yeah. he could be anyone. And um, so he—he's um, in the Dream Quest of Unknown Kadav, the fun guy from Yogeth, and the Dreams in the Witch House. He's Lovecraft's most used entity. He mm. was even yeah. We talked about Stephen King. Um, He has a thousand different forms, most of them terrifying. Some of them humans. Um, He is the one that directly likes to meddle with humanity. And I even have I have a theory that he could be appearing as great leaders of powers throughout history, influence humanity, causing us to do crazy bad things. Um, He he's also recognized as one of the most powerful great, I mean, powerful gods in the Lovecraft mythos. Besides Azathoth, of course. Yeah. Um, because of his capability of shape-shifting, um, and all of them kind of have this, but he has great super strength, teleportation, all that nonsense. <laughs> um, but, um, I, I like to see him as the, he's kind of like the Joker. And the Joker and Satan and the Lovecraft mythos. Because he could destroy humanity, but he doesn't. Because he loves how much fun he has with us. Um, he's, and,
1: just, he's just too entertained.
2: And he could also, he could have appeared as Hitler, Stalin. He could have been the president. He could have been your mom.
1: Oh, <laughs> God.
2: I, he wasn't your mom, don't worry
1: you sure? Yeah, I checked. I Are guess. you sure I'm not the son <laughs> of Neoleptite?
2: Or at least he wants you to think that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, he's
2: awesome. Uh, and there's a lot of depictions of him. Obviously there's the pharaoh. Um, and I've seen like what he could look like in his true form. Um, but really there's no knowing because he's, he doesn't. And also another little theory that I have about him a lot of times, there's mentions of the great old ones and stuff in the books. It could be near Leppetek just posing as Cthulhu. Yeah,
1: posing as Yawshtah, because he's the
2: one that has the most direct interactions
1: with humanity. Yeah, even even Cthulhu doesn't interact with humanity that much. Well, he's the slumbering one, and yeah. there has been times in other writings where he wakes up and stuff. But well, it's like Cthulhu. This whole thing is like. His interaction with humanity, humanity is through dreams and stuff. Yeah. And through people worshipping him and cults.
2: And like I said, how Dagon – well, near Levita, if you see Cthulhu in real life, it could be Cthulhu, but it also could be near Levita because he can be anything pretty much. Yeah. And um, that's what's cool about him. Um, the next one I want to get to um, is Haster. Mm. He's a great old one. I've never heard of this one. Yeah, so he, he was mentioned by Lovecraft, but he wasn't turned or, like, created as, like, a great old one by yeah. Lovecraft. He um, was expanded on by one of the so other writers. So his friend Ambrose Brice, who I mentioned earlier, he first appeared in Hayata the Shepherd as a benign god of shepherds. So Hastur is known as the king in yellow, the unspeakable one, and him who is not to be named. And real quick, let me pull you up a picture. At least one of his depictions. This is the one I can get the quickest. Um, This here.
1: Oh, shit.
2: Yeah. (laughs) That's that's terrifying. So he can take different forms as well. Um, Not nearly as much as near Lepitat. He's not a shape shifter, but he can. Um, He's often seen as just a he can kind of, Well, it's said that he's Cthulhu's stepbrother. <laughs> His
1: stepbrother. <laughs> Not, like the movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> and that, so now I'm imagining I'm a movie about Cthulhu and. And Haster. Haster starring John C. Riley and Will, <laughs> Will Ferrell. Who would be Cthulhu? Will Ferrell? No, John C. Riley would be Cthulhu. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. Oh, because Will Ferrell's one movie in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, he's actually his half-brother. <laughs> supposedly. And apparently they hate each other. Ooh. So, Sibling
1: feud. Yeah.
2: Um, Touching his so, drum set. Yeah, Lovecraft did mention Haster only once, but it was unsure if it was a place or an entity or what he was talking about. He just was listing off names. Um, he often takes the avatar of a king, the king in yellow. Um, he, and here's another good part. Uh, So the way he works, so he lives on this planet way far off, like this distant story. I forget what it was called, but um, he instills insanity primarily in artists, musicians, writers, Mm -hmm. even podcasters, basically anyone that is producing something attributing to culture he is trying to get oh. at you and drive you insane and to spread his message. And the more you spread his message, which we're doing right now, the more people go insane and go on to spread his message. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> and if you see the yellow sign, let me show you the yellow sign real quick.
1: And we'll post this. So you um, got the yellow sign? <laughs> you like my beer? Oh, my God. Oh, your, sh- beer, your beer is yellow. Your beer is yellow. Here's the
2: yellow sign. If you see this anywhere, yeah. he's going to influence you.
1: He's going to influence you. Right? <laughs> like, like, like an Instagram influencer? <laughs> yeah,
2: if he's he, like an Instagram. Well, that's what he would do now, right? If he was an <laughs> Instagram influencer. Here, here, here's, here's a little
1: um, – <laughs> earlier I talked about uh, some of the people who uh, – uh, a little side tangent. Uh, some of the people who wrote with Lovecraft and wrote some stories mm-hmm. – one of them being um, Robert Block. Robert Block, he expanded a ton on the mythos. Actually. Yeah. So he is the guy, he is most well known for writing Psycho. Which, um, oh, yeah. Which, you know, which famously. You know. Uh, um, I'm, why am I forgetting? <laughs> oh, he did
2: the birds. He did. Uh, Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock. Hed- <laughs>
1: Jinx, you owe me a soda? I don't have a soda. I have a beer. I'll take a sip of that rum. <laughs> that. Jinx, you owe me a sip of rum. <laughs> but, uh... mm.
2: <sighs> okay, that wasn't weird at all.
1: <laughs> that was a little... St- mm, <laughs> that's yeah. A of that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do the thing, do the thing. What? The, the thing. Lovecraft! <laughs>
2: Isn't that amazing, guys? Uh, you really hate us. I love it. <laughs> I but, love it. So, yeah, uh, but yeah, go on.
1: Robert Block, though, he, he, he is most well-known for writing Psycho, but his earliest works um, in his career were all uh, in the Cthulhu mythos. Oh yeah. That's, that's right. how he got a start, really. I mean he had kinda he had written some other stuff too, but the way he really got a start as a well known writer was writing with uh, about, you know, Lovecraftian stuff and,
2: and, I know and he, those he those expanded things. a lot on Cthulhu himself. Oh yeah. Um
1: Because yeah. he was he was one of the guys there's a small group of maybe four or five writers who personally knew HP Lovecraft and when they read Call of Cthulhu Um, And well, at least the story goes that like Lovecraft himself didn't, when he wrote Call of Cthulhu, he wasn't super fond of it. But then these friends of his that he uh, kept correspondence with Uh um, loved it. And they decided they were like, we should write some more stories based off of this. Also, another side tangent, I mentioned, they kept correspondence. They wrote letters. H.P. Lovecraft, fun fact wrote is one of the, uh, is noted as one of the people in all of history to write the most letters in his lifetime. Really? Up there with Voltaire. Wow. Yeah. And Voltaire wrote and a lot of letters. It's like, I don't remember the exact number, but it's something like 10,000 letters. How? How lifetime. does that happen? I don't know, but apparently he wrote letters all, all this time. guy is doing is just writing. He, yeah, he was constantly sending letters um, to people. But yeah,
2: I love Pastor because think about like if you think about anything that talks about subliminal messaging, oh. like imagine if the yellow <laughs> sign was in TV commercials and stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, that what's that movie with that with Roddy Piper where he puts on the glasses and can see, like. Oh, uh, that's
2: a, um, they're here or something like no. Yeah. He but yeah he sees it's like that, but he's
1: seeing like, Haster's sign.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I like I like the idea of like artists and musicians. Doing things and unknowingly
1: spreading Wow. His haster we're, we're musicians. The madness. We're mus- I know. And if Maybe I mean, we should just embrace and start knowingly spreading the madness of <laughs> We haster. should have a whole album dedicated to the Haster. <laughs> that would be let's record a whole album that's very Lovecraftian and <laughs> it'll be weird. Oh super weird, of course. But um Yeah, and we'll put our We'll do an extended version of our intro song. He's a pretty
2: cool one because he influences
1: culture as a whole. Yeah.
2: And his plan is obviously to get to Earth and then make everyone go crazy. And rule the planet? (laughs) I don't know. He
1: just wants everyone to go crazy. Wants everyone to go crazy. He's intentionally trying to make everyone crazy.
2: And I guess him and Cthulhu have some kind of feud going on. Huh. I like to think that they... um, they were at a bar one day, like a celestial bar yeah. in space. You know, I, I think I would be they got Team to Fight. I think
1: I would be Team Haster. You wanna be Team Cthulhu? No. Well, cause Haster like is like with musicians and shit. He's with musicians. So I think I think. But I'll he's driving stop. us crazy. Yeah, but so is Cthulhu just less actively.
2: <laughs> so you rather have yeah. Haster be more open about it.
1: Yeah, he's more he's more honest about it. He's more upfront and like, hey, this is what I'm doing. You know um, I hope you're okay with this. it doesn't really matter if you're okay with it I'm doing it anyway. you know and musicians so, and artists, artists. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like I'm like, that's cool. I can respect that. But yeah, he's a yeah. pretty cool one. Um,
2: I like him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next one I want to talk about. So you have the outer gods. Yeah. the great old ones. And then you have the Elder Gods. Yeah. Which is a completely separate sect
1: of gods. And sometimes I struggle to der- make the difference between them. Okay, so the Elder Gods,
2: most of them appear as human-like gods. They're okay. not, like, crazy looking. They're just, like, human dudes. Okay. P- yeah. Ladies. Um, so... Cause I remember, I remember reading. So one of Lovecraft's buddies, August Derleth, um, he proposed the idea for the Elder Gods and to have them be the opposing force of the Great Old Ones. Cause I, I,
1: to, I, to be the good guys. Basically. Well, I remember I remember reading something about. Um, it was uh, you know I was reading some stuff about uh, Mountains of Madness. Um, I think that's
2: the first one that introduces them.
1: Yeah, and I, w- I was reading about idea. basically this idea that there were there's the outer gods, there are the, uh, the elder gods, and all those things. Yep. And then there are these gods, and they reference them as like the human gods. Yeah. The, our gods.
2: Well, they basically all the Greek and Roman gods can be attributed to them. Yeah. Um, that um, that's basically what they are. The one I wanted to focus on is
1: Nodens.
2: Okay. So Nodens, he's based off a real Celtic god of the same name. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it is cool. Um, He's known as the Lord of the Great Abyss um, (laughs) because he's the Lord of the Sea. Yeah. Um, He – so, yeah, he's an elder god, and – He's always uh, – he looks like a guy with white hair and a big gray beard, like the classic like god. Yeah.
1: Like Zeus, Poseidon. Gods are always old for some reason. They're
2: always old. <laughs> if I were a god – But
1: they're old and buff. They're old and buff. They're like really buff Santa Claus. <laughs> uh, if I were a god and <laughs> had power of a god, I, I feel like I could make myself look young. Right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Um, but Nodens is the leader of the Elder Gods and okay. the most powerful. Um, so more than often in any of the stories he appears in, he's offering advice or assistance to the protagonist in some kind of way. Okay. But it's not known if he's necessarily on the side of humanity
1: or, or he's just, just he's trying to get at the great old You know, uh, enemy of my enemy is my friend. Exactly. I exactly. guess
2: um, because he has these servants called the um, the night Gaunts. Um, okay and they are these black feet be- they're all black slippery looking slick um, <laughs> they got big wings they're kind of like angels but like very metal
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> like if Jack Black were to draw a picture of an angel
2: yeah. Like that, but with <laughs> less boobs <laughs> and Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah,
1: and they often
2: abduct humans, huh? Hmm. For experiments.
1: Well, it's uh, um, going into when we were talking about the lighthouse. That they're night. like his servants. But we were talking about the lighthouse last night. We were talking about the you know the old man of the sea. The, yes. Uh, you know the God of the the Lord of the sea, and he's clearly like tormenting main the protagonist well of thing. i'm gonna get
2: to something that directly and, th-
1: and that could be like it could be in uh, you know an, an elder god that's it could be That's it could also be what i want to talk to
2: talk about later um so his arch nemesis is more often than not near lepte okay okay so they're constantly going at each other so to say but we
1: really don't know. So, you know, I, I didn't know much about this, this idea of the, the our gods, the human gods. And I'm going to be really nerdy for a second here. Okay. Um, it makes me think that Dungeons & Dragons is way more lovecrafting than I already thought it was. Oh, it is. Because, so, in Dungeons and & Dragons and in Pathfinder. Well, you have the mind um,
2: morphed through. Oh, no, what's its name?
1: Well, it, you know, like... Pathfinder, Yogscathoth is straight up a thing. Yeah, Yogscathoth is, is in Pathfinder. Pathfinder
2: Yogscathoth is the one that's used the most within yeah. like other mediums.
1: Yeah. So, so in Pathfinder and in Dungeons and Dragons, there are the these mind
2: flayer. That's what I was trying to say, by the way.
1: Yeah, uh, mind flayers. Yeah, um, they're weird because they're like ancient civilization that might not be ancient and might actually be the far future. Uh-huh. That's <laughs> um, uh huh. It's weird. I don't enough. think we've ever
2: fought one in any of our campaigns.
1: Uh, Gibson, that's way too Gibson threw one in, but uh, threw some in. I uh, thought I that was the Dibby Gordon. No, Gibson threw some in, but it was it was not in our main campaign. It was in a one shot, oh, and okay. I'm not sure you were there. Yeah, I might not have been. It was a Thanksgiving, and one. there was a
2: mind flare in the and Thanksgiving was, one. Yeah, there oh. was
1: mind flares. <laughs> multiple mind flares. A very Thanksgiving. We, we fought multiple. Theme. of them um, <laughs> It was just a one shot, um, but. uh yeah, so in, like, *Dungeons and & Dragons and uh, uh, Pathfinder lore, there's these think They explain that there are, like, outer gods, like uh-huh. Yontathoth and, and all of these gods in Nero Epithet. And then there are the traditional fantasy gods, uh-huh. you know, that you would expect. And they explain there's these creatures called Aboliths who are very lovecraftian. They're sea creatures who back along, you know, uh, eons ago, ruled the planet type of thing, very Lovecraftian.
2: Well, um,
1: it's also said that the Elder Gods could have
2: ruled over the Great Old Ones at some point and then there was a rebellion oh. of sorts.
1: Interesting. Um, another
2: dark... So uh, Nodans, he he's often seen riding this big seashell
1: chariot with like, seahorses oh, and stuff cool. like that. He's very like, Roman-like. It's rad. I, I would have to say if I were rad. if I were a an elder god, I would totally ride a seashell. Totally rad. Yeah. Right? That'd be <laughs> my main goal. If I were an elder god, i would be like, I want to be the raddest. But he's not god.
2: necessarily good
1: or evil because it'sn't really a
2: thing in the mythos.
1: Because it's almost like it's almost like
2: We're so beneath.
1: Yeah, it's almost yeah, it's almost gods. like we are so puny. And beneath these, and so insignificant, that, I our, like to that think our ideas of morals now, I don't know, matter. So Lovecraft's these friend, minds. August Earl,
2: wanted them to be like the good guys. Yeah. But Lovecraft was nine to that idea.
1: Well, it's, yeah, it's again, only, it's, we're so insignificant to these beings. Well, it's like what I said earlier. Our, what are we the bacteria when we wash our hands? Yeah, our, our ideas of good and evil, of morals, right and wrong don't fucking apply to them. Yeah, I mean... We're so... We're, they're so above us. I know. That are none of that applies mm-hmm. to them.
2: Um, there's a dark theory about Nodens, though. Oh, yeah. Which is the one I like to believe in. Because Ooh. I don't really like believing the whole good gods thing in Lovecraft. Yeah. Because um,
1: Lovecraft himself... Have been? Lovecraft himself had a very pessimistic view on... Well, on yeah. Everything. Everything. Because he had such a shitty life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He did.
2: Um, But, Nodens, my theory is there's a darker power behind him. Yeah. And you want to know what that darker power is?
1: Is it the narrator in SpongeBob?
2: Maybe. (laughs) Three hours later. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That confirmed the narrator in SpongeBob that dictates time and space. And space. Is Yon's <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Knows all, sees all, and knows it's been three hours later.
2: Maybe Patrick, I mean, maybe uh, Spongebob's near a leptech because he can constantly
1: change his form. And he's Squibber constantly- Squidward is Cthulhu, obviously. Obviously <laughs> at odds with him. <laughs> um, Who would Patrick be? Uh, well, he's he's the idiot. Azathol? So he's he <laughs> <gets> the, <dog. laughs> the blind idiot god. <laughs> that is amazing. yes and, and and that one fish guy that always like comes in the into the crusty crab to like buy a burger and then, yeah. like, and then gets like like denied for whatever reason the plot reasons going on. Oh yeah, he's just humans. Oh he, he is humans. he represents humanity just like there. <laughs> And just always gets the story. And then of the Mermaid
2: story. Man and Barnacle Boy, they're the elder gods. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> Confirmed. SpongeBob <laughs> is a Lovecraftian fiction. Yes. <laughs> but no, the <laughs> <laughs> But the theory is that
2: <laughs> Nodens is Near lepitim Just fooling us.
1: Really? Yeah. Ooh.
2: He's presenting himself as this, like, great human god and
1: even fooling the other elder gods fooling the other elder gods and he well neorepta is so tricky that he fools other great old ones so yeah it's not out of the question for him to fool other elder gods exactly into thinking that he's He's, an elder god
2: he's the like puppet master yeah
1: like he's pulling the strings behind the scenes when you when you're sitting on when you're sitting in your living room and you have your glass of wine <laughs> and you know it, it, you it, you trip on something and it spills onto the carpet that was near lepidet. That was near
2: Leppetet. He caused. He's that. such a trickster. He's such
1: a trickster. <laughs> oh, near lepidet you rascal. You rascal, you. You rascal. <laughs> you rascal. <laughs> uh,
2: so those are.
1: The gods. <laughs> Next time something goes wrong, I'm going to be like, oh, Nelepithet, you <laughs> rascal. <laughs> <laughs> I think
2: it should be the mythos, but that's too hard to say. It is hard to say.
1: It's a hard name to remember, honestly. It is. Cthulhu is easier to remember.
2: Yeah. That's why he's so popular, and he's so easy to recognize. He's easy to recognize, too, yeah. Um, so that's all the gods I really wanted to touch. The great old ones, outer yeah. gods, elder gods. Um.
1: Because I wanted to just get the big guys, the uh, big guys. Um, Do you, did you look up any stuff about like the um, the uh, the elder things? And oh stuff my like God,
2: that? Colton, you're reading my mind. Fuck.
1: Are you actually Yog
2: Sothoth in disguise? I'm not, but uh, <laughs> he, that's exactly what he would say. <laughs> Fuck. Oh God, Colton's turning to a big mass of tentacles. Ah. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> Podcast no, it, ends right there. The podcast ends, and is, as the podcast ends, <laughs>
1: humanity ends. <laughs> when this podcast ends, humanity will. That wasn't. Was a, like that. that wasn't a threat. It's just a theory. It's, it's, yeah, it's just a theory that we have.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Funny coincidence a, that the podcast started around the same time that the virus started. Not really, but no, it started a little <laughs> bit
1: after that. Like,
2: but as soon as America thought it started,
1: yeah, which is like six months after it actually started, <laughs> yeah. which is why America is like sucking. The worst. At, um, we're considered well, we are considered by like other countries, an example of a failed. Reaction no, seriously, to the virus, I mean, to the virus, yeah.
2: I don't want to get too into, it, but we have the most cases and most deaths and per we're supposed to be per capita and everything per cap, yeah
1: and we're supposed to be the leaders of the free world like come on man we have not been the leaders of the free world for a while, for a while. we've been the bullies of the free world uh, yeah i don't want to get into it let's not yeah let's not get super let's try to stay away right from now. that but <laughs> anyway podcast let's see what uh, happens virus, to our followers world everything. ending follow us so we don't stop making it because if we
2: stop making it the universe <laughs> itself nice thank you
1: <laughs> <laughs> um
2: So I was about to get to some of the species of the Cthulhu Mythos. So these, they're not gods. They're not great old ones. They're more tangible, but they're still very hard to understand. especially. Whoa, whoa.
1: Hold on, hold on. So we were talking about Robert Block earlier? Yeah. So you know the, the, the story of um, the Hunter of the Dark Lovecraft? Doesn't
2: that have, um, who's in that? Um,
1: Robert Blake who is Robert Block.
2: I know the Hunter Robert, of the
1: Dark featured one of these um,
2: Ro- so not Ro- didn't feature but it at least
1: mentioned one of these so old yeah things. so Robert Block who wrote Psycho and expanded on the on Cthulhu a lot was a friend of Lovecraft yeah. Lovecraft wrote him into Hunter of the Dark. He is the character Robert Blake. Robert Blake. Nice. That's yeah. cool. Uh, it, it has Near it.
2: Near Lepitet yeah because yeah. Nier Lepitet he is in the most Mythos stories, period. Yeah. Because he's the funnest one to play with, obviously. I mean, and he's the one that. Because he's a trickster type. Yeah, and he actually likes meddling with humanity. Yeah. A lot of them don't even know or care about humanity. Yeah, we're so
1: insignificant to them. And he
2: we're knows we're aware. so
1: insignificant,
2: but he likes playing with us.
1: Well, it's, it's like the kid who likes using a magnifying glass on ants. <laughs> yeah. When most of us just ignore ants. Oh, by the way, that
2: kid is near Levitet.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, it's exactly, exactly, exactly. It's like you and me um, ignore ants.
2: Right. Because well, we're the, just 90%, like...
1: 90% of the time, you know, but uh <laughs> is the kid who just actively finds them. Exactly. And like with a magnifying glass or has an ant farm. He's that little shit. Yeah. That That's Nearlepta. You little shit. He's <laughs> Sid from Toy Story. <laughs> if we die unexplicably... Blame Near Leptit. Yeah, just blame him. Okay. Put it on a tombstone. Near Leptit killed him. Near Leptit did it. <laughs> um, actually, um, no. Don't don't put that don't, on do tombstone. because, because then he'll come after you.
2: <laughs> but he already will because we mentioned it. Because we
1: mentioned Holden. it. Uh, well, no, no. Uh, uh, he might mention it. Uh, 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 <laughs> do, but don't don't blame him. Don't piss don't him off. Don't blame him. Don't. We're still gonna get killed by him. Oh yeah, but don't don't piss him so off. Let or, us finish the
2: episode. Yeah, at least God
1: <laughs> have some humanity.
2: <laughs> um, but no, I wanted to get to the species, some different species here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because um, there's some so, weird shit in there. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. So the first really weird one
1: is the other things, like you mentioned earlier. Right, uh, they, they appeared in uh, at the Mountains of Madness. They're the star. That, I think that was the only one they appeared they're in. They're the star head people. <laughs> sort of. Yes.
2: That's
1: so how they're described in the book.
2: Yeah, they. So they're described as well. Okay, so they're known as the primordial ones, the old ones, the elder things. They're only featured at the Mountains of Madness. They're most likely from Uranus or Neptune. That's a
1: theory. Do you mean Uranus? <laughs> Uranus. <laughs> Have you ever seen? You're what? You, you, oh my God! You, you watch the show Jackass.
2: Yes, of course. There's an
1: episode. I feel like the first or second season, where right. there's a town called. I don't remember where it is. a um, town it's called Mayanus. 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 And the, there's a whole <laughs> sketch of Johnny Knoxville just going up to like people in this town, and being like, "I'm interviewing them." And they're like, "Yeah, Mel Gibson has a house." And he's like, "Mel Gibson has a house in Mayanus." In my anus, it's <laughs> <laughs> like walking around town. There's like a big, uh, you know, red uh, uh, semi truck. He's like, there's a big red truck in my anus. <laughs> it's a whole, uh, sorry, I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> well, there you go. It's ruined. None. <laughs> so yeah, they're either from Uranus or Neptune. Uranus, and they have colonized Earth roughly a billion years ago. Damn. They've been here way before we those or maybe real life. <laughs> um they are def, they're not mentioned that much, but they are definitely important to the grand scheme of the mythos.
1: Yeah, so so from my understanding, so they, they made they built a city in Antarctica. Yes. And then they migrated into the sea. Yeah,
2: and they prefer the sea. Um Yeah. But they Because the
1: Antarctica became inhabit- in, in an uninhabitable.
2: Yeah, they were driven into the sea. Um and they can fly, swim, walk, any of that. Okay, it's no big deal for them. They can do any of that, but they prefer swimming. They like the water. Um, but yeah, they're extraterrestrial beings, and they their features come from both the plant and animal kingdoms.
1: They're really yeah, weird. So to think Yeah, about. so yeah, in the and so in the mountains of madness, right? The mountains of madness. They're described because they find some of them frozen in ice. Uh-huh. Um, some of them are decaying. Some of them are preserved. And spoiler the preserved ones come back to life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and they're described as being neither of the animal kingdom or of the plant. An animal or a plant Yeah, because they're like both. Yeah, they're a little bit of both it's and they're a little bit of neither. Yeah, exactly. Well, well they're aliens. It's, again, it's this common thing that Lovecraft does of trying to describe things in ways that we can't, that's well, hard to understand. When
2: I really started learning about them, the other things are some of my favorite aliens in fiction. Yeah, Because they're so outside of what we can imagine, but you can still picture them because, um, well, I'll get to that.
1: That's why That's why in in The Color Out of Space, it's my favorite Lovecraft story. Okay, The story. Color
2: Out of Space... I don't even know what that is. No one really
1: knows. They, they never describe what is what it, It's what just it is. He never describes it. Yeah. If, if no one else ever described it's it, it's just like a. Radi- other than it's some some extraterrestrial kind of or like well, it's biological. A, like, it's a being. Yeah. But it's clearly like not a normal being. Like it's like light. It's, it's light, and you don't even know what color good. it is. It's weird. Yeah. Well, that's that's one of those things. It's it's described as the colors are outside of the visible spectrum. Yeah. So he, you can't even, you can't imagine and the movie, unless you were to see it in real life. In the movie,
2: it, they made it like pink. Yeah. Um, that was like the closest of a way they could describe it. Unless, I, yeah, like, yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: but you know, in in the book, it's described it starts as mutating all the cattle. It's and vegetation. it's like no color you've ever seen. Yeah, it,
2: that, that's how do you imagine a new color? Yeah, exactly. And
1: and and the big the, the scary part of the story uh-huh. is so the whole um, the story is told from a guy, a land server, who's going and he's gone into the blast heath and he's here he- and he sees damage and he's hearing about what happened. Yeah, and. This, this this real scary part. So at the end of the story, you know that there's the farmer and his family that get all fucked up by it. So and, and his friend and a couple other guys, they they see it leave, and they see it come out of the well, go back into space, but a little bit of it... Stays. Stays. And, they and they that's know. supposed to be the scary part, is the idea that the guy who saw it goes mad simply from the knowledge that that thing is exists. It's still, it's still like, still on yeah. Earth. It's still on Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and
2: you'll have to see the movie. Maybe we'll watch it together. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be on the podcast, but um, it's a pretty good Lovecraft movie. It's pretty true to the story. Nick Cage actually does a great job, but he's still like crazy. Um, yeah, he's you know. great at being
1: crazy. I love Nick Cage. <laughs> he is. He is. <laughs> Honestly, he's like, actually a good actor. He's he's act- he he can be a good actor when he's in the right roles, and he's also legitimately like a really good guy. Oh yeah. Too. Like that's to, who I've heard. To a ridiculous extent. I heard the story of um someone at one point um accused him of animal cruelty, I think it was. Oh yeah. And he was so pissed off that someone would would accuse him of such an awful thing. He took him to court, won, and as a settlement Made them donate charity, donate money to a charity of his choice, like an animal charity. Oh, that's awesome! Because he was so pissed that someone would even accuse him of such an awful thing. That's great. And uh, so apparently he's a really good guy, and he can be a good actor. He's just done a lot of. Well, he just does so, so many movies. movies. He's yeah.
2: constantly doing movies. I guess to pay off his debt or something. Well, yeah, he, he buys a, islands. He buys gone. a lot of weird <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I mean, he owns islands. Yeah, a couple
1: of. them. Yeah. <laughs> I'll admit, though, there's some movies that he's done I really like. Oh, yeah. Um, Raising Arizona. Raising Arizona. That's a fantastic movie. Um, it's not like his good one, but I love <laughs> The Wicker Man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not the base. I, I was watching um, <laughs> National Treasure. <laughs> <laughs> National Treasure, yes. Those are fun movies. They are fun. Um, ghost, honestly, ghost, ghost, Rider. ghost Rider, I enjoy. The first one. First it's one. It's fun. It's a bad movie. It's bad, but I. It's fun. I enjoy it, and I think he does. By the way, a, a little bit. An appropriate performance. A little bit of
2: Marvel news. I heard Keanu Reeves is in talks with the MCU. Ooh. And I've heard. I mean, it could be anyone really, but I've heard he's going to be the new Ghost Rider.
1: Oh my God. That would be amazing. That would kill Nicolas Cage's career. Well, yeah. Because would give no Keanu one,
2: Reeves is like the anti Nicholas Cage. He's the anti Nicholas Cage.
1: He's just as good of a guy, but he's like he's just time, as good of a guy. But he's ten times less weird. Well, here's the thing. And twenty times more lovable.
2: He's just as good of a guy. He's an, He's <laughs> just as
1: good of an actor.
2: But yeah. he's just, uh, just as many shitty movies also. Yeah. But he's
1: <laughs> but he's ten times less weird and twenty times more lovable.
2: And then he's just you love. So him. Nick Cage would be twenty times more weird. And only ten times as lovable? Yeah. Something like yeah. that. So it's
1: it's like it's like when they announced that Keanu Reeves is gonna be in <laughs> Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Imagine if and, it was and and he age. Comes out on stage and you know, he comes out on stage, Keanu Reeves did, and the person in the crowd was like, You're beautiful, and he's he like, says, No, you're beautiful. <laughs> it's like, yes. <laughs>
2: I've seen the first-person view of that, the guy that's filming it.
1: Yeah. And, like, he has pinpoint accuracy. It's crazy. <laughs> he caught him right there. I knew exactly who said it. Uh, we, uh, you can't help but love Keanu Reeves.
2: Out of all celebrities, he's the one I want to meet and hang out with. I would love to hang Reeves. out with
1: counter Reeves. Keanu Reeves, if you're listening, <laughs> please um, hang out with us. But Point Brank is a stupid movie. I love it. I know you love it. I know Caleb loves it. Best will, movie to ever happen. I will hold my belief. I think Point Break is a stupid movie.
2: Okay, name a good Keanu
1: Reeves movie. The Matrix. There you go. Uh, Dracula. Ooh. Bell and Ted. Oh, he's in um the one with um, um with what's his, with Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. Yeah, he's in that. Which he's is, is like the guy? The, he's that's like the best Dracula movie. In it, one of them. One of them, yeah, definitely. I mean I uh, still love the universal ones. So the the, universe, the classic ones and the you know the the really terrible one with Hugh Jackman.
2: And also no too. Oh yeah. Um, um uh,
1: John, John Wick. John Wick, yeah. Of course. John Wick, of course. Uh, 47 Ronin.
2: Speed, maybe. Speed. Uh, yeah, it was okay.
1: It's alright. Sandra Bullock's in it. It's it not that right. good, but yeah. it's okay. It's, it's uh, good. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: was okay though. It's alright. Uh, <laughs> back to the uh, elder thing. Yes. Which are all right also. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they swim, they walk, they fly. <laughs> it's like the flying purple people eater.
1: That's what I picture
2: the elder thing as. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I, I mean, and kid, maybe that's another Kifulu lore. I feel flying like, purple people eater. I feel like kids nowadays don't know about the flying purple people eater. I haven't heard. I mean, I, I feel like that's something from that's our That's the first childhood. time I
2: mentioned it in like 12 years. I feel like that's so, something
1: from our childhood uh, that doesn't get talked <laughs> about anymore. I know. The one eye, eyed, one horn, flying purple people. Except leader. this one doesn't
2: have one eye one horn, it has five eyes. <laughs> so it's better. It has five eyes <laughs> and 20,000 teeth. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it actually has five stalks with eyes on top. Oh, and by the way, it's generally, like, barrel-shaped. Yeah. With, um, like, it has five appendages coming off of it. It has,
1: like, a bunch of jellyfish appendages. Yeah, I've seen kind of some pictures of it. Um,
2: it has five eyes, five stalks with eyes on them. This is the one I'm most familiar with all of them. It's really weird-looking, too. It's got five tentacles. It's got five of everything, pretty much. Um, it's got five wings on the back, which seems very unnecessary.
1: Yeah, that's a little overkill.
2: But it's got to be five, and so they are a highly advanced technological alien race. Yeah, and the the cities that are described, the architecture is beyond what humans could build comprehend. Yeah, it's it's based off the five. They're like five points, and it just doesn't make any sense. It's really hard to imagine. But it's imagine a bunch of stones like going up and then jutting out from each other. It's it just... It's it, something that's impossible. Like, yeah, it it, was, you know,
1: humans would never be able to build it.
2: And, um... So, they went to war with a lot of civilizations. And one of them that speculated, and this may have been answered in Mountains of Madness, I don't know if it is, but they may... I think they went to war with Cthulhu in a star spawn. Yeah. And that's what caused Irrily to sink. The other things attacking, huh? And their technology was so great they could compend Cthulhu. That's crazy. Um, they eventually lost, of course. Eventually. And They were driven to. They didn't go extinct, but there's not that many of them.
1: Yeah. yeah um, well, again, in the in at the mountains mountains of madness. Most there, of them are frozen, there are a couple of them that show up. Yeah. It's because they were frozen on those you know, expedition. But also, Antarctica.
2: it's it's said that they manage their population. Um, that they repopulate through spores, and they can basically directly reproduce. Oh. And they can be very meticulous about
1: it. Interesting.
2: Yeah. Um. And yeah, you mentioned that the black slime, like, you can not no shape.
1: So the elder uh, things created them. They're called the shoggoths. Shoggoths. Yeah. Shoggoths. And and so you're know, side so tangent with shoggoths. Did you know so there's a graphic novel, I guess, about the shoggoths? No, about H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, okay. I didn't know there was a graphic novel, but I found out there's a, there's a series of animated films called Howard Lovecraft. Oh, yeah? They're like Dreamworks style animated films. What? Yeah, we got to watch one of these. Oh,
2: by the uh, way, Shrek may or may not be in the Lovecraft repos. May
1: or may, may not. Just want to put that yeah. out there. But the, in in the uh, I was looking at the cast, of the first one, and it's like you know it's like Howard Lovecraft and the Kingdom of Ice or something like that. It's probably based off of weird. It's pr- yeah, I feel like they're children's movies. But then I was I was reading they're based off of a graphic novel. They look like children's movies. I don't know. They're on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Love to watch them. Uh, Amazon Prime's good. Yeah. Um, the boys. Have you watched any of that? No, but I kind of want to.
2: It's. I mean, it's good, but it's not exactly my cup of tea. Um, it's basically superheroes, but they're fucked up and they suck, oh, I <laughs> and see. they're actually villains, basically. I see. Like, I'll I might give it a shot. Another good Watch one. Watch a few episodes. Uh, a really good one on Prime that I like. Original uh, upload, I believe it's called. I've never heard of that. I think it's it's Greg Daniels' uh, show, Run the Office. Oh. And uh, it's basically. It's about – it's like the near future where people, when you die, you can upload your consciousness to a virtual reality, and then you live in that
1: virtual reality. That would be cool. Yeah. I would like for that to be a real thing. And that would
2: help you with your problem.
1: What's my problem?
2: (laughs) Well, I guess it's not a problem. Well, it would help you with your dilemma. If there's an the afterlife or not, because then you could just be Oh, a I was
1: fan. thinking like that. I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I was like, You could be a virtual a- alcoholic. I was like, Why would that uh... <laughs> <laughs> help me with <laughs> that? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's a good one. Oh, but more man. about Shogoths. Oh, yeah, yeah. So so this this animated series, um, in the first one I was looking at the cast and listed as playing the Shogoth is guess who? Gary Oldman, Ron Perlman, Ron. Per- <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Mark. Very close. And Mark Hamill's in the second one, but I oh, really, Mark Hamill? He doesn't play like any Lovecraftian being. He plays. Appar-
2: apparently, there's a, main, a manga where Nier Repete is like a little schoolgirl. Getting back to Nier Repete. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, because anime does that. They ma- they'll take something
1: that's cool and make it a little, little schoolgirl. School because manga. Ma- yeah exactly. Yeah. Just <laughs> because, because manga. But, but it's just
2: crazy how much Lovecraft's those his works have influenced pop culture. Oh, yeah. I mean,
1: I mean, we, we mentioned before we were recording, I mentioned Ghostbusters. Yeah, let's get to that. So, yeah. Tell this, me about it. So, yeah. so this And it goes to the idea that Lovecraftians... Wait, wait,
2: wait. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters! Da, da, okay, da. we're gonna get caught. Yeah.
1: <laughs> not with that performance. <laughs> no, they want—they don't want to claim that. <laughs> I, when I was—I was a kid, we had this Halloween decoration that was. You know,
2: the, that's how we should do songs. <laughs> we should—we <laughs> should cover them so bad that they won't even want to claim.
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're like, that's not us. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, we had this little. Um, Halloween decoration. that was like you put it on like the table. It was this little ghost, and he had a saxophone, mm-hmm. and you pressed a button, and he would play the Ghostbusters theme. Oh, really? It was awesome. <laughs> I loved it. Uh,
2: there's this one that I've seen. It's a skeleton with a banjo, and he plays uh, the, the song from Deliverance. Oh,
1: uh, the dueling banjos? The dueling banjos, yeah. be
2: good.
1: Watch out. I hear banjos. Um, Why do I hear banjos? Your lap what are you doing?
0: <laughs> near left damn it god damn it from now on when i'm watching
1: a movie and there's like any sort of like like deliverance or much deliverance with the banjos, on i'm be like damn you near left <laughs> damn you haster <laughs> <laughs> but uh where was i ghostbusters ghostbusters right so like the, the common theme in lovecraft is is the idea that we are so he created this idea and it's not that it hadn't been around before that he really popularized it that um, we are so insignificant compared to these large creatures and beings mm-hmm. and and these threats and you know and it plays so far into our it's so modern horror is so based around that idea and even like even going into something like Ghostbusters which is not horror it's comedy but like the idea that they are hunting these ghosts. And they are. There's almost. There's implied. There's. It's implied. There's another dimension where these ghosts are Mm -hmm. coming from. And there's Zul at the end of the first movie, and all this sort of stuff. Those ideas, wouldn't we? Probably wouldn't have come into the when they were writing Ghostbusters if it were not for the influence of H. P. Lovecraft. Oh, for sure. Um. And and it's also interesting. So, um, homework for you guys at home um if you look into horror stories and horror fiction um before the 1960s in america and you'll get these ideas of madness but this cosmic horror and other dimensions and greater beings you don't get until like the 60s because that is when lovecraft became popular in the united states 60s the 60s he became popular because so when lovecraft died um, Arkham Press was I think that's what it's called uh-huh. it was created by one of his friends I think they're still around I think they are still around yeah, yeah. Um, and they rea- and they started publishing Lovecraft's works but they realized that he was not they, he wasn't popular in America so what they did is they moved to like Europe and in France he was really mm. popular because they saw in France they were carded oui then, oui oui oui, oui, oui. <laughs> croissant croissant <laughs> Uh, in France, they viewed Edgar Allan Poe as like genius. And they viewed Lovecraft as the 20th, cent- or the 20th, 20th century version of Edgar Allan Poe.
2: Yeah, I've often seen him um, compared to Edgar Allan Poe. So
1: they, he was really popular there. And he became so popular overseas that by the time, this, by like in the 70s, 60s, they were like it only made sense because they were very successful overseas to reintroduce him in the United States. Right, and then he became popular because there was in the sixties, fifties, and sixties there was a resurgence of horror novels and fiction. Well, and horror comics were
2: huge in the fifties. Yeah, and
1: horror comics too. There's just horror. That's fiction That's actually in
2: why we got the comic books code. Yeah. Well, that and like a lot of comics with monsters and stuff. Hold on, hold on. So back then you couldn't even. Mention or show a mobster in any light in comic books.
1: Yeah, it was similar to the Hayes Production Code in film. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was an example of self-regulating. Yeah. So the the government didn't step in and regulate them.
2: And it makes sense for that time, but it, it still sucked because they couldn't even show mobsters in a bad light. They couldn't even show drugs in a bad light. It's like no drugs, no anything. Yeah, yeah They couldn't show. And you definitely them at all. couldn't show
1: police in a bad light. Yeah, definitely. Like the. Like the Hayes Production Code in film, like you couldn't show any sort of criminal behavior in a anything except for a bad light. Yeah. Um, and there was like also weird stuff, like you couldn't show clergy in a bad light.
2: Uh huh. Like Catholic yeah, and stuff. One of the first big comics to just up outright break the comics code was, um, so Stan Lee basically it was like the mid '70s, I think. He was basically just like, "Fuck it, I want to post this. I want to make this story with Spider Man, where Spider Man basically deals with a junkie and getting him off drugs." Yeah. And he shows that drugs are bad in the comic, but since you even mentioned drugs, you can't have that with the comic code's approval. And he was like, yeah. "Well, whatever. We're putting this out, and it still sold well because it was Spider Man." Because it was Spider Man. And yeah. I think like. <laughs> pharmacies and stuff sold in a bunch back then. Oh really? Well, there wasn't even really comic shops. They were few and far between in
1: that day. Yeah.
2: You would get them at the grocery store pharmacy. That's
1: something I miss from living in a bigger city is comic access shops. to comics. Yeah, we don't have a comic no. shop here. I always thought
2: it would be great to have a comic shop oh, here. Oh
1: god, yeah. That's a
2: great opportunity just
1: waiting. Comic uh doing a comic shop or a record shop or Combination of both.
2: Yeah, there's some places they'll have like all kinds of media: records, comics, yeah. CDs, DVDs. You know, kind of yeah. like your um, yeah. oh, what's it called? Uh, FYI, FYE for your entertainment. Oh yeah. Oh, and vintage stock. Oh yeah. Vintage stock was a big one. They would just have everything. Um, but let's get back to um some lore here. So. <laughs> yeah. The Elder Things, yeah, they were a highly advanced alien race. Um, they started colonizing Earth over a billion years ago.
1: Yeah. That's and a long time ago.
2: They created a servant race known as the Shogoths. Yeah. And we had talked about them a little bit, but. So they're these, like, black, formless slime things. And. They were created to be like this perfect servant race because they could like do anything. They had no form really. Yeah. But they eventually revolted against the elder things, and the elder things was like, "No way, Jose!" (laughs) (laughs) uh, They eventually stopped that revolution, but it's also—I mean—there's still some shoggoths left over from that. Um, But there's also. So, the elder things were so advanced in genetics and biology that they eventually created this sentient race of bipedal beings. Yeah. Hominids. Hom- also known as homo sapiens.
1: Also they created Also
2: humans. known as humans. It is rumored that they created humans. And if they created us, we're just a discarded lab project that they left behind. Damn. And it's funny because if we are the discarded lab project, well, we are ruling the Earth now at the moment. Um, But that's crazy, that the older things could have created humans, at least in the mythos. Um, And if they created humans, imagine what else they created. Yeah. Maybe some of these entities are just weird science experiments. That's a possibility. Yeah.
1: Just, just as the uh, the Shogaroths.
2: And, well, yeah, the Shogops. Yeah. Shogops. And that brings me to the Deep Ones.
1: Ooh.
2: Which maybe they were a genetic experiment by the things as well. They're,
1: they're a more well known name. So, Lovecraft, okay. But I don't know as much about them. Okay, so the Deep Ones. The big
2: ones is Father Dagon, which we talked about a little bit. Yes. And Mother Hydra. Hell Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the deep ones are fish-like humanoids. They're fish people. And there's this great video on YouTube that I rediscovered. It's like 11 years old, okay? <laughs> it's from that era. <laughs> oh, it's a long time ago. The Dark Ages.
1: Dark Ages. That's when they would have, like videos of just like the chipmunk on water skis yep just stuff
2: like that just and the hamster that like turns back like all dramatically yeah <laughs> and bad memes
1: bad memes but bad memes still exist today. it seems like that was the beginning of minecraft videos. oh the uh,
2: dancing guy the uh, evolution of dance dance oh yeah i remember that <laughs> that era yeah very yeah. early youtube Oh. um so this video, it's amazing, and we gotta link it. We have to link it. We're gonna okay. link it. Don't forget it. Yeah. And I want you to look it up. Right now. Okay. Look it up. All right, on. It's the Fishman and it's a Lovecraftian video, and this guy is singing about deep ones, and it's in the tune of all. Uh, uh, it's a Christmas song. So, all I see around me is Fishmen. No, that's not it. Oh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. I
1: think, I think I found it.
2: So, but this version is... It's
1: terrifying.
2: It's beginning to look a lot
1: like fishmen. Is that one? Everywhere you go.
2: So definitely look this up, it's like
1: It's like old Greg. <laughs> I discovered
2: this video recently. I, I've seen it a long time ago, but I rediscovered it. Just out of nowhere. It's the weirdest, most random thing, but it's a Lovecraft video. <laughs> and this guy's practic- He's basically singing about the deep ones.
1: That's weird. <laughs> um,
2: we'll have to listen. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll put the link for that. Um, but yeah, he's. it's beginning to look a lot like fishmen. <laughs> so I guess this guy is an endsmith, because... The Shadow Over Innsmouth is the greatest tale to feature the Deep Ones, yeah. the fishmen, in which they would mate with humans for exchange and gold and fish. Yeah. <laughs> they would basically give the fishermen good yields if they got gold and got to mate with their women and whatnot. Okay. And men, I guess. There's female fish yeah. out there. But, um, but the Deep Ones Kinda are really candy. creepy. Uh, they're fish people. And they're not like cool fish people. They, they're they like a fish head and they're like a person.
1: They're like weird fish people.
2: They're like the fine Dutchman guys. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's a theory. Maybe they're the deep ones. Maybe. Um, they have scaled, high ridged backs, web hands, gilled necks, and big fish heads. And they will mate with people. And it's theorized that they can only mate with humans and not with each other. And that... So when they mate with human, the offspring, the baby that's born, is human when it's born. And it may be human for a very long time, but then all of a sudden it will develop the fish features and then go into the ocean and want to be a fish person. Wow. Yeah, it's really weird. That is weird.
1: And so the deep ones – Maybe you're a (laughs) fishman. Maybe. Colorado is – I mean Mexico is (laughs) the wrong place to be living then.
2: Well, they can could, they could move anywhere until they start developing their fish features, yeah. and then they have to go to the ocean again. Um, we don't know how many deep ones, aka fishermen, inhabit the world, but they live in deep sea, but they often interact with humans living in coastal towns. Makes sense. Uh, they're <laughs> immortal. Okay. Oh, that's, that's just a baseline there. They have various underwater cities. Um, Also, I have a theory that they are working with the government (laughs) in secret, and maybe some of our political representatives are indeed deep ones.
1: Ooh, (laughs) not not Donald Trump though. He's not smart enough. No.
2: (laughs) Maybe Ted Cruz. Maybe (laughs) Ted Cruz. Donald Trump,
1: honestly, as much as it pains me. I think he's just human. Yeah, he's not a reptilian. He ain't. And maybe in that's deep, scarier, to be he honest. May, he ain't a deep one. He's just not smart enough to be one um, those.
2: So they worship three beings. Two of them already mentioned: Father Dagon, and Mother Hydra. Yeah. Third one would be, of course, Cthulhu. Cthulhu, yeah. Um, he's he's perfect for that. <laughs> Um, they can communicate telepathically, which is pretty cool. But yeah, th- so Hydra, and, uh, Father Dagon. So I talked about how Dagon actually might just be Cthulhu himself. Yeah. And that's just another name from him. Yeah. Because I know Dagon comes from the Bible. Does okay. Mentioned. Yeah. Uh, I think it's an Old Testament. Um, But also, I like to think of another theory is that Dagon and Mother Hydra are just both great deep ones. They're the oldest, and they're like kaiju size. They're ginormous. They're the big deep ones, and they just worship them.
1: Um, Uh, Dagon is an ancient Mesopotamian uh, and Sumerian uh, deity.
2: It goes way back.
1: Uh, he is worshiped as the f- a fertility god in Elba and other places. As a fertility
2: god? Yes. Well, that makes a lot of sense, because the Deep
1: Ones love
2: mating with humans and giving birth. Yeah. And if Father Dagon is enabling that, he, if he's the god of that, then yeah. Um, but yeah, the Deep Ones, they're pretty creepy. Uh, it's, it just all goes back to the fear of the ocean and what could be in there. And this actually ties in. I believe this can tie into The Lighthouse, the previous episode. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mentioned the deep ones in the last episode. You did. Because um, the last episode was very ocean-themed, uh-huh. <laughs> obviously. And after reading more into it,
2: I have a new theory on The Lighthouse, and it's that... Um, So Willem Dafoe's character is either a Deep One or the result of Deep One interspecies mating with humans. And then that's why you can explain the tentacles and stuff that he has when he shows himself as Proteus, quote unquote. Also, you could argue that the mermaid is a Deep One or the result of interspecies breeding. Yeah, maybe. And either way, that that site at the lighthouse, there's a lot of deep ones around there. Yeah. And like the vague like squid tentacles and stuff could indeed be deep ones. Yeah. And that they're per- playing a big part. In that personally,
1: way. I think the lighthouse is all uh, just a result of his insanity.
2: It could also be taken that, that way.
1: That's, that's how uh, I like to it. A see. lot of Lovecraftian
2: stories can be taken that way. Yeah,
1: that, that's how I like to view it.
2: Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. There's a lot of ways. My main theory that is think. that it could be deep ones that are deep, that are involved with in this. Yeah, the mating, crossbreeding, sacri- They love human sacrifice. oh boy, they love it. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because um, they're
1: mentioned ca- in the call of Cthulhu as well. I think.
2: I think so. Yeah. yeah. And also, it's been, I, l- it's been a while since I've read it. I like to go back to the elder things that maybe the deep ones were genetic ma- manipulation by the elder. Things. Cause they've been on the Earth so long before Cthulhu even arrived. Yeah, so maybe possible. Um, so yeah, that's the Deep Ones, and that's pretty much all I've got as far as what I've researched. Yeah. Uh,
1: so we don't we don't have much else to to say about it. Um, what are you? What are your final thoughts on you know Lovecraft and uh, well, let, let's let's touch on uh, how we think. You know, examples you can think of of Lovecraft influencing pop culture.
2: Okay, in the i was actually way. really excited for this. Yeah, this is a good way um,
1: to kind of finish up this one of the so a big.
2: Move, we talked about Stephen King earlier. Yeah, but um, a big movie that is very. At least what's in it is very Lovecraftian. I want to say it's a Lovecraftian movie by design.
1: Yeah, there's a difference between Lovecraftian style and... And then just have, it, like, Lovecraftian the, monsters. The idea, yeah, and the, the idea that you can see the influence of Lovecraft. Um, because, like I said earlier, Ghostbusters. You, <laughs> you, you can see some Lovecraftian influence, but it's oh, yeah. it, it is definitely not Lovecraftianism. Movie no, it's a style. comedy. I love yeah. Ghostbusters, by one the way. One of my favorite, like. I can't wait for the new one. Oh yeah, well, be Paul, good. Paul, Paul Rudd, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the son of the guy who directed He's... the originals. Well, I thought he was the son of Egon. No, no, no. I mean, the guy who's directing it is the son of the guy who made the originals. Oh wow. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But um, the movie I want to talk about for a little bit is the thing. Oh, yes. So in the movie, this they discover this ancient – it's said to be on the Earth for millions of years. Yeah. And it's this alien species that crashed in a flying saucer in the Antarctic. A, and and this, is
1: a, this is a quintessential like Lovecraftian style. Horror. And they can't explain it. Yeah. And it shapeshifts
2: and it clones people, copy people. And – when it shows its true form, or the closest thing to it. It's horrifying. Yeah, and all the transformations are
1: horrifying. My <laughs> it, my favorite is the one where it, like trans it does the dog. Oh, that so is the, that is the most. That's my favorite because of how messed up it is. It's so horrifying. Yeah, it's just terrifying. But the
2: whole movie, all the characters are basically yeah, they're going crazy because they don't know who's this who, yeah. and um. Uh, <laughs> What's, his What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? The main character in that movie. Oh, uh, Kurt Reynolds. No, not Kurt Reynolds. Uh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Yeah. He, he does all these tests and stuff to see if they are the thing. Yeah. But then in the end, you don't really know if he is or if the other guy is. Yeah. It's, it's I think brilliant. it's the other guy because you see him basically drink kerosene. He drinks the kerosene, yeah. 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 But and yeah. he doesn't like – Get phased or anything by it,
1: and you also don't see any breath coming off of him. Yeah, I, th- I think it's that guy. I think that's intended. Did you ever see the sequel, or I guess it's a prequel?
2: Oh, the prequel movie, okay. So that one, it could have been okay because they actually started doing
1: practical effects, they filmed it all with practical effects, yeah, and then CGI was redone with CGI over the practical and that effects. completely ruined. And it's, and it's not like they, the practical effects weren't good because the studio who did the practical effects released videos of like the their uh, stuff they did. Oh, with yeah. It. And it's really amazing the animatronics and stuff right. they created for it. It's amazing. It would have honestly put the original to shame. Well, I want to go that no, far. No, no, I'm serious. I'm talking about the original in the sense of the special effects. Oh, se- okay. And the actual animatronics and... And and, and then they effects. just replaced it all with CGI. Yeah, you know, it was really fucking impressive. CG Because uh, that's uh, what the studio effects. thought was good. The studio did not like they they watched the film. Apparently they watched the film and they said this looks too much like a film from the eighties.
2: Isn't that what it's supposed to look like? Wasn't
1: that the point? Exactly. Uh, yeah. And the and practical then,
2: effects makes it all so much more creepier, weirder, I love, real.
1: I love I you know, don't get me wrong, CGI has its Time and place. But for horror movies, horror, it doesn't I, work. Horror, I like practical effects because it's sometimes, even when it's not the best practical effects, it even adds to it because it's unnatural. Exactly. It's like the Uncanny yeah. Valley.
2: Yeah. Um, and that's what the original one did so well. Um, you could tell it was fake, but it looked real enough and it was just so weird looking. Yeah. Like the transformations. It was just so off putting. I love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Fantastic. But I haven't seen it in a while. I it's probably watch not. It
1: yeah.
2: It'll make it'll make you want to throw up. Okay. <laughs> um, and then getting to how CGI is bad in horror movies. At least when you rely on it, like I could see using CGI for a gore shot, you know, something like that, something quick. But then the It movies, the new ones.
1: Which yeah. are very—that's a very Lovecraftian. Uh, I thought I thought they were pretty good movies too.
2: Pennywise, it, whatever you want to call it. Um, the true form is these three glowing orbs, and if you look at it, you go mad. And that's super, yeah, super Lovecraftian. Super Lovecraftian. And he's a shapeshifter. Yeah. And, um, he could be near levitate. You rascal. <laughs> um, but yeah, Stephen King was definitely. Oh, yeah. I mean, he includes near Leptet, the stamp, and the Dark Tower series, so there you go. But even besides that, like with it, that it's a cosmic entity that crashes down on a meter, right? Out of nowhere, nice. Is, is it okay?
1: Yeah, it actually landed right there. Good. And it just bounced.
2: <laughs> I'm glad, because that's a good beer. You don't want to waste
1: that. Yeah, I dropped my beer. But it didn't spill. It just kind of bounced. But
2: no, um... And obviously, we had a whole episode on the Lighthouse,
1: and that's definitely very Lovecraftian. Uh, yeah. Well, see, the Lighthouse, it's it's not Lovecraftian in its themes in the sense of referencing cosmic horror and stuff like that. It's Lovecraftian in – I think we touched on this in the last episode. It's Lovecraftian in the sense of how it was written and directed is in the same style mm-hmm. that Lovecraft stories are written Right. So it didn't, it didn't necessarily... It's very
2: much a noir. Yeah, it did
1: not necessarily actually introduce any Lovecraft stuff, although you could connect it to Lovecraft, to the Cthulhu mythos if you wanted. But it was more in the style of horror rather than the mythos. So
2: I talked about Bloodborne, how that's very
1: Lovecraft. Yeah. You have to play that game all the way through at some point. I really should. I, I, it's. There's a few games, only a few games that wish... Maybe makes me wish I had a PlayStation over an Xbox. It's one of them. Yeah,
2: and I funny. know you also talk about Ghost
1: of Tsushima Ghost of Tsushima, uh Spider-Man. Yeah, the new Spider-Man. Uh,
2: PlayStation has been dominating the exclusives. So yeah. Can tell you. I, um,
1: I don't get me wrong. I like Xbox. It's what I grew up on. Right. You know, it's, it's a console I've always had. But uh, um, there's some really good PlayStation But another
2: game Xbox. made by the same company, by From Software. Yeah, the precursor, the cursor the Dark Souls, Demon Souls.
1: Oh yeah, so and they're doing game, a remake of
2: that. The remake is the launch title for the PS Five. Yeah, I'm so excited. That I've never really played cool. that game, and the remake looks amazing. I'm so excited. But that game is also extremely lovecraftian, and a lot of people forget about that fact because the main like antagonist that creates. Unwi- like unknowingly the demons is considered a great old one in that well, pe-
1: game. A lot of people don't realize just generally in modern horror how Lovecraftian modern horror is like our our current idea of right horror is. even even fucking Friday the 13th. Okay, you're going to have to
2: explain this one to me.
1: Well, it's like this this you know J you have Jason and this idea that you don't, un- you know, you—he's this being, and you don't understand where he's his uh, insanity and his and his supernaturalness is coming from. Oh, his supernaturalness—you know that that sort of thing. Like the fact
2: that he's a zombie.
1: Yeah, it's mm-hmm. unexplained, and it's this unknown and this being that seems—it's this idea of these beings that seem impossible to defeat. Well, a big one
2: if you're going to talk about slasher films and we will talk about these for Spooktoberfest. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah Spooktober. <laughs> but um, Halloween so Michael Myers mm-hmm. and especially the, my favorite version of him is the one where they don't explain anything why he kills anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He's just basically evil incarnate. Like, yeah, uh, that's, it, that's, an even, even. that's
1: an even better example. He, and it's just, it's just a, it's this you idea. You just can't explain it. Yeah, it's exactly that. It's this idea there's that no reason. there's no reason behind it. You can't explain it's it. It's just a force we, of nature. It's a like, force of nature that we are beneath. Right. It's something that we can't comprehend exactly. We are just beneath it. I'm we so are puny. <laughs> and this force of nature is bow- is coming down on us. I'm so excited for the sequel, by the way. Oh, yeah. It got
2: delayed a year, which sucks, but I'm glad it didn't get like delayed like, a, to a stupid month, like March or something. Yeah. Because it's a Halloween movie.
1: Yeah, it has Halloween, to come out in October. It has to come out in October. It's so if blast. they're going to delay it, it's got to be a year. And, yeah. and I, I say, I say we should plan on seeing it on Halloween.
2: Yes. If we can. And
1: yeah, because that will definitely
2: be an episode for that one. Yeah. Um, and I definitely want to talk about those movies too at some point, but um,
1: yeah, and that, and, that, and that'll be that'll be an episode where uh, a, a rare thing where you know we do we do movie reviews and stuff, but we review a new movie. a recent and new movie Like we saw it in theaters and then reviewed it. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. Yeah. That's gonna be good. Uh, so that'll be special. Yeah,
2: um, that's a while off. That is a while. That's like a year off at least. More yeah. than a year. A <laughs> little, little bit more than you, yeah. Yeah, a little. <laughs> um, but Lovecraft and his works to me the Cthulhu mythos, c- 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 which will probably be brought up again in this podcast. Definitely, if we talk about anything horror related, it's gonna get brought up again.
1: Yeah, yeah, because because again, in the, in our modern sense of what is horror, Lovecraft is so influential. Lovecraft, Edgar okay. Allan Poe. Yeah, anytime. Big we- one. I, I, almost any time we bring up something modern horror-related, Lovecraft could be mentioned. Exactly. Hell, even it pains me to mention it. Oh, God. But Hellboy.
2: Which one?
1: The new one. The new one? Although, <laughs> just Hellboy in general, the comics, you could say have some Lovecraftian influence. Like
2: the demons and stuff. Well it's and just like,
1: it's subtle. It's not it's clear Lovecraft is not the only influence. Right. But it's subtle. Um but um being a little more literal though, um Guillermo de Toro has stated Lovecraft as one of his big influences. Well he's also
2: stated that he wants to do a
1: at the mountains of madness movie. Oh, was Guillermo del Toro and delete- He was doing it? I would be. I would get behind that. I yeah. Would, I would. I would be but um.
2: It. So yeah, we talked about the lighthouse. Uh, Color out of space. That's a great recent Lovecraft movie. Um, yeah, I still need to watch that. Well, That's it is a Lovecraft movie. It's a Lovecraft story. Yeah. Well, um, there's
1: there's actually two Color Out of Space movies. No, there's a, yeah, there's a few there, of them there's, right there's a few of them. Um, there's one more recent. It's like a black and white one. I've heard it's pretty decent. Oh yeah. But I've heard the Nicolas Cage one is pretty damn good.
2: Well, that one has a.
1: I love the effects, I love yeah. Nicholas Cage. Here's the thing with Lovecraft <laughs> when it comes to movies, is from what I've noticed, it seems like it's really difficult to adapt Lovecraft's stories into a movie, but it's not difficult to take Lovecraft ideas and make an original movie. Right. Exactly. i.e. the lighthouse.
2: Oh yeah, the lighthouse, um, the thing that we talked about. Yeah. Um,
1: you can take Lovecraft ideas and make a movie that's original just with his ideas, but I've seen a I there's been many attempts to adapt Lovecraft's actual stories into movies and a lot of them fail.
2: Um, another one that oh it always kinda of vaguely reminds me of Lovecraft's stories is the alien series. Yeah. Uh, Especially the first
1: one. Because it's it's this idea. Because the first
2: one doesn't explain it. Doesn't explain it. um, Makes it a little bit more Lovecraftian for me. And you have this alien that's like just so weird looking. Yeah. um,
1: Well, uh, you know, it's it's it it, it plays into this idea that so Lovecraft is horror, but Lovecraft is also science fiction. It's also science fiction. Yeah. And people forget that Um, that Lovecraft Lovecraft is quintessential science fiction. Not just, oh yeah! Not just quintessential um, horror; he has influenced both genres heavily. Oh, for sure. Uh-huh. And that that could be a whole another a whole another discussion about how he's influenced science fiction, because we really focused on the horror and the mythos today.
2: Well, yeah, science fiction. His science fiction influence and just like creating all these crazy alien beings and stuff. Yeah. And I just love how like you have the elder things, which. That's more in line with how I would picture real aliens to be. Yeah. Just way outside our Just biological norms. They want to make
1: sense to us. Yeah. Um, that, that, that really doesn't. And uh, as much as it's funny, you know, that makes sense to me. Re- exactly. The right. fact that they don't make sense makes sense.
2: Yeah, because whenever we try to put something into the human perspective, into like. Like, okay, like, like an alien has to be a human It has to be vaguely human. Yeah. That's just us trying to make it more comfortable. Yeah. To think about. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, and I've heard that there could be silicon based life forms out there. I've heard that too, yeah. And does it have to be carbon? No. And that kind of reminds me of what Elder thinks. Maybe, um,
1: but yeah, that's pretty much all I got for this one. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else. Um, um, read, read Lovecraft. Read Lovecraft. And, <laughs> and again, and again. And I want to. I want to touch. Oh, on also th- another big thing that Lovecraft is the
2: influence. Oh yeah. And I want to do an episode on it in the future. And we talked about it some. Well, actually, we did a whole game on it are straight to vhs SCP 1. Oh shit. Yeah. All the
1: SCP stuff that is so loved. SCP crap. is very loved. It's bad. just
2: madness. I it's just all these entities I remember you thinking about that
1: when I when I was researching stuff. I remember thinking about SCP, but then I just forgot about it. No, we'll <laughs> definitely
2: do an episode on that. Um we want to save a lot of that stuff for later on though. For yeah. October,
1: you know. Yeah. Uh, so, the next few episodes Aren't going to be expect us to day. get back to our regular. They'll be a little more lighthearted. Yeah, yeah.
2: we've been talking yeah. about
1: some weird stuff lately. Uh, next week, we are going to have a guest host. Well, a
2: guest host that is supposed to be <laughs> a part
1: of this podcast. Yeah, so the, the, it's just hard to get them. The 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 jingle, our jingle is you know the odd drunk podcast with Jackson and, and, and Colton. Colton. And sometimes, sometimes Tristan, Tristan, too. Too. And Tristan is going to uh, guest host an episode. Should we tell him or we should leave it to mystery? Oh, let's leave it to mystery. We'll, just, yeah. we'll just tease you a little bit. So Tristan's going for the to guest host. next episode,
2: calls. we're going to take a back seat.
1: Yep, and let him guide us. And let him drive the ship. It if we'll, he crashes it, cool. If he crashes it, if we'll let him <laughs> guide us through an adventure of intellectual dis- <laughs> and self discovery
2: oh how i love a good bit of self discovery oh my goodness oh my
1: goodness especially and also <laughs>
2: just a quick warning if there's any
1: <laughs>
2: if there's any near out there bothering you just tell them to tell them to screw mm-hmm. off
1: say say near lep- say near <laughs> lepitate, you rascal you you rascal you <laughs> go Get out of here, mate. Get out of here, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and just like spray some bug spray on him.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, bug spray actually
1: works well on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From, from my experience, from 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 my my experience <laughs> bug spray works really well. He hates but but not raid. <laughs> RAID doesn't work. The Walmart bargain brand really works best on the Bargain brand. brand? Good. Yes. It's cheaper. Yeah, it is cheaper. It's very convenient <laughs> for, for my budget. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right. We'll see you next week. Guys. All right. Um, and and that's oh. Oh, and that's it. Yeah. It's, it's the, the odd drunk podcast with Jackson me. and Bolton. It's Sometimes Kristen too.